There goes the last DJ Who plays what he wants to play And says what he wants to say Hey, hey, hey There goes your freedom of choice There goes the last human voice There goes the last DJ Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, episode 55. Uh, on today's episode, I talked to a comedian from Los Angeles named Frazier Smith, who pretty much made his name in radio. He was, at some time, one of the biggest radio guys um, in America. He started in Michigan, then he moved to Los Angeles, and he got a job on K-Rock, when K-Rock was this fledgling, super cool radio station. Um, and then you just hear his story about how he got big and how he eventually, like everybody who gets big, lost it all. Uh, it's pretty fun, and it gives an insight into what it's like to be a radio DJ. I've always wondered, like, how much of that stuff, like, do you make, like, all the reads you get on, 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 on when you're on the air? Do you get that money? Do they get it? Who decides what music you play? All that stuff. And so Frazier pretty much explained it all to us and told us this great story about how he got to the top and then how he's back down to the bottom. Um, he's a really cool guy, though. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in Los Angeles. Frazier helps everybody. He's always like, hey, buddy, good stuff. I'll get you in the laugh factory. Good stuff, buddy. My voice is shot to fuck. I think it's because I record these. It's, it's every week, and it's only in the introductions, right? It's not in the other stuff. It's because... Um, Here's my theory. It's because I've just done shows on Friday, Saturday, like two shows a night for an hour apiece. And so now my voice is just not cut up. So it takes me to like Wednesday or Thursday to get back to normal. And that's when I record the the, um, the podcast. And so, um, so by then it's healed a little. But while I'm recording the intros, it's raspy as shit. So it's sexy, Ari, right now. Um, I wanted to make an announcement that I made at the end of last week or two weeks ago episode two weeks ago's um shroomfest is july 21st to the 23rd shroomfest if you don't know is an international mushroom festival that i started it's uh as i said july 21st to the 23rd this year last year we did it uh in june and people from all over the world participated here's what it is it's an excuse to do magic mushrooms that's all it is so you can participate wherever you are last year we had people participating from finland australia England, Canada, all over America, Mexico, probably. They don't have internet, but I'm assuming they still, they still participated, but no one mentioned it. Um, all over. And all it is is a, an excuse to do mushrooms. A lot of people have never done them before. I believe they're an amazing drug and everyone should do them. Between mushrooms and depression, the combination of the two, it's really made me uh, think the way I think right now. So I urge everyone to try them. Um, I'm going to have, at some point leading up to it, a little um, sort of a how-to on mushrooms, sort of a primer that will tell you everything you need to know about it. Um, but until then, here's what your job is. Your job is to find mushrooms. You can't find them the week before. Okay, so you've got to start looking for them now. And the way you do that is you ask your dirtiest friend, your most drug-addicted friend, hey... Do you have mushrooms I can buy? They're not very expensive, like 30 bucks. Um, and that'll last you like six, seven, eight hours. It's a, it's a well worth it trip. 
But um, you just ask your dirtiest friend, hey, do you have mushrooms? And then if they say no, you follow up with the question, do you know anyone who has mushrooms or who might have mushrooms? And then they will call or text their drug dealer friends or their even more drug-addicted friends, and they'll get you some. Now, if you ask the first guy, he doesn't have them, you have to go on to the second guy. Okay, the only reason I'm walking you through this like idiots is because all my idiot friends uh, say, I've asked everybody, and I can't find any mushrooms. And I say, bullshit, you have not asked everybody. Be honest with yourself, because I used to do the same thing. I used to be like, I've asked everybody. But the reality is, I've asked two people. And I assume, well, those are the two people that would know, so I've asked everybody. But it's just not true. Just talk to everybody. Don't do it publicly. You don't want everybody knowing. But just ask them. Like, ask them all. Ask ten people. Not six and say, I got to ten. Ask ten of your dirtiest friends. Um, and then once you have them, you just do them. It's Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So if you have something, if you work weekends, that's Monday for you. That's why I did it Monday. It's for the comedians because comedians usually work weekends. Um, those are our weekdays. But then Saturday and Sunday, if you have a day job, you're more than welcome to do them on Saturday or Sunday. If you've got a wedding on Sunday, do them Saturday. If you've got a wedding on Saturday, do them Sunday. Or do them at the wedding. There's almost never a bad time or place to do them. But it's an excuse for everyone to do them. Last year, a bunch of people did them for the first time. Somebody did it on a glacier. People did it at Disney. It's just, they're, they're, just, they're awesome everywhere. So I urge you to take them July 21st to the 23rd. And the reason I chose that weekend is because um, Matt Edgar, a comedian in Los Angeles, told me that I should try, and he was totally right, I should try to plan it around, the, around a new moon because people are out at night doing them. So, um, so what was I saying? Oh, so I picked the day of the new moon. I picked the weekend closest to that so people can have an experience out at night. I urge you, do not take them if you have stuff to do. If you've got finals coming, that's why I try to do it in the summer so everyone's off school. But if you've got finals coming, fucking study for your finals. Anyway, that's Shroomfest. Uh, there'll be more information coming uh, in later weeks, but it's July 21st to the 23rd. So at some point during that time, you can do it every day or just one day. At some point, you've got to take mushrooms. So you've got to start looking now. It's an amazing experience. And there's a tag on, on uh, Twitter, a hashtag called Shroomfest. If you tag that, people found each other mushrooms through that. Um, last year, tried again this year. I don't know. It's just a fun thing, and I really think you, sh- you should all do it. Okay, so that's Shroomfest. But now back to this episode uh, with Fraser Smith, because he doesn't do any mushrooms. He's a straight-edge guy. But um, in terms of stand-up, I've got a bunch coming. I just finished Dallas. Philadelphia was awesome. I did this game I call Hide the Edibles, where I take um, marijuana edibles, and I hide them somewhere in the city that I'm playing in. I don't do it every week, but I do it some weeks. And I did it in Philadelphia. And I saw the two kids that found these, uh, the Jolly Ranchers, <laughs> the THC Jolly Ranchers. And they were so excited. It made me so happy that they found them. They were so excited as they were sucking them as they were leaving. Oh, I love it too much. I, lo- I love bringing joy to people like that. Um, so in certain cities, I'll do them. And here are the cities I'll be playing in. Uh, La Jolla, this coming weekend for 420 with my friend Tony Hinchcliffe, and then I'm not sure who else yet, because um, Rick Ingram and Freddie Lockhart both had to cancel. Uh, I tried to get Jeff Ross to come, but he was close, but he couldn't, so i got to find somebody this week. But regardless, it's going to be a great show, so come out and bring your weed. Um, the week after that is in Moon Tower at, in Austin at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival, and then um, uh, I'm off, finally, the first week of May, 
uh, that, that tour with Tom Segura and Brendan Walsh got pushed back to September. So if you have tickets for that, uh, they'll give you a refund. But call them and get a refund, and then we'll, we'll be doing that later. Um, and then I am taping my comedy album in Denver May 10th through the 12th. I'm doing it on the 12th. So I want everybody to come out. If you live in Denver or if you know cool people in Denver, don't, no, don't douches in Denver. But if you know cool people in Denver, have them come out to any of the shows on Saturday. I'm recording all three shows on Saturday. And I'm worried a little bit because I went over my act that I'm going to do. And it's filthy. So um, I'll try to give you like 30 minutes of new clean stuff and then, and then go into the filth. Um, but I might not be able to because there's three shows. So come. I don't, I, want, I don't want uptight people coming. I want cool people coming and filling up those shows so I can make my album as, as cool as possible. So come to Denver on, on, on May 12th. If you can't come May 12th, come any of the other days. That's totally cool, too, May 10th or 11th. And tell your friends. I want, I, that's my, one of my favorite clubs, if not my favorite club in the country. So I'd really like to fill it up. And then my next storyteller show is the 15th of May. Um, right after that, I go to... Kansas City for Stanford and Sons um, and then nothing else in May until uh, June I got I got um, Foxwoods in Connecticut June 8th and 9th and then Cobbs in San Francisco on June 13th that's a big one Everybody, just one night at Cobbs it's a gigantic place so everyone come out to that uh, and then I go to um, the punchline in Sacramento right after that alright everybody um, that's it um, now I guess I gotta do I guess I got to do um, sponsors. Well, not I guess, I guess. I like sponsors. They pay me. So here are the sponsors. Just go to my website, and you can click on the links if you like. My website is arithegreat.com. That has all my dates, arithegreat or arishafir.com. Also, you can write to me through that site. And people have been writing me and telling me what they like, what they don't like, and giving me suggestions for, uh, for jobs. Like, a lot of people suggest cop, and I'll definitely get a cop eventually. Um, that's something I got to get. I, man, I, w- I hope I get somebody who killed somebody in the line of duty. And I want to know what that's like. And what they have to go through after that. And if they did it on purpose. Whoa. What if I get somebody who's like, yeah, I hunted somebody down. Because the legal system couldn't find justice. So I found it my own way. God, that'd be cool. So write to me at contact at arithegreat.com. And I'll, I'll get all those. Or you can hit me on Twitter. Um, it's at. Uh, Ari Shafir, A-R-I-S-H-A-F-F-I-R. You should probably know if you listen to this. Uh, in terms of sponsors, here's what I got. I got two. I got um, Gamefly, which is all you got to do. Gamefly is a service. It's like a Netflix for video games. So if you, um, if you sign up for them, um, they just send you a video game. I think you can do like one, two, or three, just like, just like uh, Netflix did. You can do like a few of them. And... Um, with Gamefly, you just, it just sends you a video, a, a video game, and then you use it until you're done, and then you send it back, and that's it. It's super easy. Um, but fuck all that. My thing is, you get a two-week free trial if you just go to a Gamefly, a game, and fly, like those delicious flies, you know, uh, that Miyagi was always trying to catch. Uh, if you uh, go to Gamefly.com slash Ari, you get a two-week free trial, and then they send me a kickback for every two-week free trial that comes in. And then you can cancel after the two weeks. You can keep going. I don't give a fuck. Just if you want to help me out, instead of having a donate button, uh, all you got to do is get a two-week free trial of Gamefly. That'll help me out. Or the other way, they give me money. It's the weirdest fucking shit. I don't understand how these podcast things work. But I guess if you have enough listeners, 
people want to reach those listeners and they know enough of my listeners are degenerates who do nothing, who play video games and smoke pot all day. So instead of um, putting advertisements directly into eighths of marijuana, they figure, why not bypass the system and um, have me tell them to go to Gamefly. Um, if you're not a degenerate, please don't take offense to it, but you should try marijuana. It's really good. It's like, it's like awesome. Um, and the other sponsor is Amazon. And for Amazon, you don't have to do anything weird or, or do anything or sign up for anything weird. Just, all you got to do is if you're going to use Amazon, don't use it especially for me, but if you're going to use it anyway, just um, go through my website and there's a, there's a banner right on the right side for Amazon.com. And just click that and it, go, it takes you to Amazon, but then they register as you, you did it through my account. And then anything you buy... Um, they split up the percentage that they make off it, and they give that some of that to me. So it doesn't cost you anything extra. But if you if you spend a hundred bucks on on I don't know what uh, gay pornography or um, I don't know whatever, why can't I think of anything in the world to buy? Idiot Ari, you just got to think of something ever made, and you're like, um, I don't know, a microwave, a TV, anything, fucking moron. So anyway, if you buy something, then I get money back. So if you spend 100 bucks on something, they give me like like two or three bucks or something like that. So every time you do, uh, it really adds up and it helps me do this podcast um, for free. Because uh, I got to, here's my only cost. I got to pay for the hosting. Um, my time is worthless. So I say, fuck it. You don't have to pay me for that. And then the people I have on my podcast, I pay. So, um, so um, uh, yeah, so help me out. Go to Amazon.com. Uh, through my website. Go to AriTheGreat.com. I should say that. Go to AriTheGreat.com and there's a banner right there for Amazon. And then for Canadians, you guys hit the banner that says Amazon.co. I, do, I really don't know why you're different. But, oh, oh, I just found out how it works. How they don't have to pay sales tax in all these, all these cities. Because um, I'm always wondering. Because Amazon's a better deal. Not even if you don't use it through my site. Uh, it's a better deal and here's why. Because you don't have to pay sales tax. And I was like, I don't know how the fuck they get away with not paying sales tax. And then uh, uh, Woot Dave, um, uh, this guy from Woot.com, which is another cool company. If you guys ever want a, a cool t-shirt place, go to uh, shirt.woot.com, and they have sweet t-shirts. Every day, a different t-shirt, and it's, uh, it's 12 bucks and no shipping. They're not a sponsor. I'm just mentioning it. Uh, I get a lot of my t-shirts from Woot. And they also have a deal of the day, like regularwoot.com. Not regular, just Woot.com, and then home.woot.com. I don't know. They have a few. They'll all be there. But uh, he took me on a tour of the Woot factory that's in Dallas, and he told me to deal with, with uh, taxes, because you don't pay taxes there either. You only have to pay taxes in, in the state that they have, that the company has an actual physical presence in. So if their company is in Dallas, Texas, um, um, you don't have to pay taxes anywhere except in Dallas, Texas, as long as you don't have you know, a, a, a presence anywhere. So if they ship it to California, that's tax-free. That's how they get away with it, or whatever. We'll see how long it lasts. But while it does, shop the fuck out of Amazon. And if you do that, go through my website, AriTheGreat.com. Okay, everybody. That's it. Wow, 14, 15 minutes. Well, okay, but a lot of that was because of Shroomfest. That was like seven of those minutes. So I'm only counting this as seven. I know, it's eight. Um, so that's it. Uh, this story is really interesting. You guys will really like it. Sit back and relax and enjoy it. Uh, make some coffee, smoke a bowl, and enjoy Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, episode 55, Radio DJ. Maybe Radio Days? Maybe Radio Days, but I'll spell days like normal. Radio Days 
with Fraser Smith and my co-host, Mr. David Joseph Taylor. Also, follow Joseph David Joseph Taylor on, on uh, Twitter. He, he tells his address later. His Twitter handle is this, um, is it? It's this David Taylor. The word this and David and Taylor. Um, Frazier, by the way, we mentioned this, has a podcast that he does at the John Lovett Studio, the same place I do my Punch Drunk Sports Podcast with uh, Jason Tebow and Sam Tripoli. Every Tuesday, you can tune in live at toadhopnetwork.com. But David, no, wait, was it like, oh, Frazier has a podcast there, but um, but uh, I guess something weird happened last week, and he got escorted off the premises. <laughs> His badass days are back. I don't know the whole story as I've been on the road, but it might not be there anymore at the Toad Hop Network. So um, if you're there looking for Punch Drunk, which is again on Tuesdays from 4 to 6 p.m. on Pacific Time, if you're there looking for that, then um, you might or may not find Frazier's podcast, but we'll see. Anyway, enjoy this. It should be great. All right, so we're starting. Here we go. Fraser Smith. Hi, guys. My co-host, David Taylor. Hello. How's it going? Good. Good, Good to see you guys. So these are super informal. I like that. Okay. Have you done so, any podcasts before, Fraser? Yeah, I've done two. I did the uh, Darren Carter okay. several times. Is his podcast called The Party Starter? Did you help him? No. What's started? it called? It's called something. That would be like a sort of etiquette thing. Your guide to starting the party. <laughs> well, it was only th- three of us, so it wasn't a huge party, but we did. It was fun. And then I, who else did I do? I actually like Darren Carter. Oh, I did oh, a, so uh, nice. I started my own podcast. At the John Lovitz Club. Hold on a second here. You listed that second? Like, that was like an afterthought. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You did just start your one. Well, I only did one. It was with uh, Paul Mooney. Oh, homie, the whole thing was critical. Wait, did Paul Mooney really do a podcast with you? Yeah. Yeah, I heard the whole story about how he uh, got kicked off the BET Awards for uh, making fun of, uh, uh, what's her name's uh, DUI. Uh, Holly Barrett No, no uh, uh, Diane, uh, uh, Diana Ross Oh really She had yeah. DUI There's no way He got Years ago Okay years ago I could yeah, see yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now I'd be like Also yeah Diana Ross Didn't have that sort of juice <laughs> Nobody's out yeah. Back then she anything. did She walked off the show Now she's just too old to drive She was a diva yeah. huh Oh yeah I guess apparently Yeah But Mooney was a good guest yeah. I just said hello And then I went Took a nap he likes to talk. He talked the entire time. Very Stand good. Stand-up sets can last. Oh, it's a years. small world, homie. Oh, the no. smallest. Oh, 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 that David Taylor, homie. Oh, no. Stealing all my material. Oh, a white boy. <laughs> he always do that. He thinks he's a power forward, homie. Oh, it's not going to work. to fuck with him from the back. Did you ever see that? What's that? What? Bears used to fuck with him from the back. Oh, did he really? No, I like, didn't Golly, Mister Mooney! <laughs> that white guy so hard. He's like, that's a great joke. Can I? Can I use that when I'm on stage? Or he like say something? He goes, Wow, white people sure have been bad to you. <laughs> didn't Mooney have that bit about Star Wars? And then Mencia just did the bit as about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, he, he did it. No. Oh, did he really? There's no, there's no black people on oh, the Enterprise. There's no black people in the future. And then it was there's no Mexicans in the future. Oh yeah. He just took it and was like, Oh, well, there's something else. There's none of. 
And then somebody pointed out, you know, technically Star Wars is in a place long ago and far, far away. Like, yeah. Not the, really the future. It was yeah, Star but, Trek, I think. It was Star Trek. Then, oh, was it Star Trek first was, then Star Wars? Yeah, but Mencia goes to the depths of the universe to lift ideas. Yeah. <laughs> he will go anywhere. I saw a comic in, in Vancouver doing a funny joke about it. He's like, I went to this convention where they had lots of different people, and there was like all these Native American tribes that would do a stand-up. So he goes, they had all these great jokes, and it's really nice to see these great jokes, because you can just... You can just take them because they're Native American. Yeah, we just take oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? So uh, let's talk about the radio days. Radio days. Guys. You were like a big time radio guy for like a long time. Very, very big. Well, yes. not humongous, but like oh, not that it. big. According to Dice Man, he was like yeah. the Howard Stern of Los Angeles. Really? Yeah. Well, I was a, a one market guy, but pretty big in that one market. That's a humongous the, market. The market yeah. is big the market. dominant market in America. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was fun. It was uh, uh, a shock to my system. To get that big, because I had no idea that it was going to go over like that. What station was on it, first of all? Well, that was KLOS, where I really kind of exploded. But okay. I was on in Detroit, and uh, I started in college. And I, I wanted to um, On a get college in, radio station? No, I actually started in a, a station in the town yeah. called WYYY, which is what I think <laughs> they said after they hired me. Folks, good night. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> How did you I, get the job? <laughs> well, I went out there, and it was one of these things where... Um, they had hired me to be like an intern kind of guy, and I was kind of uh, sweeping up, watching the transmitter, doing that kind of stuff. It was one of these little stations. Okay. And then uh, somebody didn't show up. It was a classic story. Somebody didn't show up, yeah. so they threw me on the air. And the guy said, don't say anything. Just start the record and shut up, because I had never done any radio. Yeah. So, of course, the first couple of times, I was really nervous and didn't say anything. And then, finally, the guy went home. So, I started bl- <laughs> <laughs> I started going, yeah, guys, this next song I really love. And the, the guy's like, it was top I'm 40. trained not to say a word, <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah, it was top 40 radio. And then, so I get this call from the guy on the hotline. What the hell are you doing? I told you to shut the fuck up. What are you doing? And I go, oh, sorry, man. So, then, you know, I went back into a shell. And then, slowly, I started doing more of it so he goes hey you were okay i'm gonna hire you so i got hired to do like late night stuff yeah uh and then what was well, like, great- like 3 a.m to 6 a.m stuff yeah overnight stuff and then what was great about it was though in a small station you literally have to do everything you do have to sweep i saw up. a wkrp do- in cincinnati it's, i know what it's all about you know it's same deal it really is like was it that. like that show it kind of everyone just had, an, yeah, had kinda. to do like a bunch of stuff kind of and i got my first experience with management idiots uh, and I also had a good boss there too. One guy was good. The program director guy was cool. And so I wound up doing a little bit of everything because you have to do sports, you have yeah. to do uh, news. What kind of program was it? Well, it was a top forty, uh, you know, music. And then on the hours show. they would give you like traffic and news and stuff. Yeah. And then I would do little quick news breaks, little quick sports updates, which is all good for you because you learn how to do all that. And you pull it off the wire, and then you'd have to edit it down yourself while the record's playing. You have to be quick because those are short records. What do you mean you have to edit it down yourself? Well, you have to like pick the scores that are relative to your region. Okay, and you know, like the wire. Just back then, it was I don't know what like it's a teletype like machine, right? Yeah, it was like an AP teletype. I learned that wire. from Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> so there you, you go. Like, it, and yeah, then like, and then like write down which ones you were going to say. Yeah. And and just kind of you know you you'd hand edit it with a with a pen you go okay I'm yeah. like, that's not applicable no one cares about that team here blah 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 so then you narrow it down to how quick you could get out the local scores yeah. and the important ones for that regional area and uh, you just kind of learn how to do a little bit of everything so I thought it was a good training ground so while you were like sit back and listen to the sweet sounds of Van Halen or whatever then yeah. you'd be quickly like running. 
Yeah, but it was more like the Captain to Tennille. It was like top four. Van Halen, that story is late. See, I was a total rocker, man. I I was, yeah, right. David knows. I was a rocker. Really? So I didn't really want to work at a top 40 place, but it was the only place that had an opening. So I I like how he went from, golly gee, I just want to be on the air to, hey man, this music sucks. (laughs) Didn't take long. (laughs) Catch a grandma music. Well, that music will drive you nuts after a while. Yeah, I've seen a lot of radio guys, by the way, do that where I hear them on one station, they switch to another, and they're like, but it's a way lamer station, and they have to act the same about the music. Yeah, that's like this isn't. It is fascinating to hear this. oldies DJs like crank themselves up into like a real like a, just a froth about yeah. music. And you're like, you can't be this excited to play the fucking Beatles the ten thousand. <laughs> no, they hate it. They're just that's the one thing they're good at is faking that yeah. intro. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. And and you know you learn that top forty voice. Hey, Super Bob number time twenty seven sixty four in the digital and the Horton. In just a few moments, gonna give you the numbers to call. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. And that you, came from a place deep. In wow. Yeah, right, and then you play Midnight Hour for the 400th time <laughs> which i loved before it you know what year I started was working there when you started uh do i have to tell you that okay <laughs> it was just, probably let's say let's say mid 70s mid 70s yeah. okay. this is sweet yeah. w, this is wkrp in cincinnati this is yeah the, this krp was, was on what were you playing yeah. zeppelin and stuff no top 40 top 40 junk and i can't even remember i mean i like r probably like ambrosia like i'm trying to think of like uh yeah pro- uh, let's see uh who did it saying la 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 la. That song where she goes real high. Oh no, Minnie Ripperton's "Loving yeah. You." Uh-huh. You know who her daughter is? Yeah. Well, <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah. Maya Rudolph. I was playing "Ringing That Bell," exactly. and I literally think she's funny. But <laughs> you know, and uh, a lot of a lot of uh, you know OJ's. So okay, so, okay, so like you, you were on in Detroit. Now, how Spinners. did you make the move to Los Angeles? I'm curious about that. I mean, wait, wait, hold on. I'm wait, back in one second. Why did you get a job there? You wanted to be on the air eventually. Right. I, okay, I, so well, the, yeah. What the I really up job was so that you could be a DJ. Yeah. Okay. So you you know you're just you're just trying to get your foot in the door. Right. And uh, back then you could actually do that. I don't know if that's still doable. Seacrest. The story I heard was in high school he went to a Georgia radio station just to intern and do anything for free. Next thing you know he's on the air. Yeah. Is that the story with everybody in radio? That's, that's you know, back in the day it was because back in the day yeah. you could. Um, you could actually pull that off. Nowadays, it's just hard to get any job. So, you know. Because it's more sought after. It's, no, it's yeah. Clear Channel, too, right? They bought a lot of <laughs> oh, things, yeah. and they have a lot. There are fewer local DJs. Yeah, that's really what it is. They, they, uh, yeah. they syndicate stuff in. That's cheaper for them to run a station like that. So they'll have, like, a big top 40 guy from Chicago, you know, syndicated into Detroit for three hours, and then they'll have some other guy come in for three hours, and that's syndicated. So there's only a couple shifts. Oh, so no one's really there. Yeah, back then you needed the people for shifts. of radio. I just remember HFS, WHFS in, in Washington, D.C., and then they would have, like, Saturday nights at midnight. It was clearly a new guy. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Who was excited In Orlando, we had yeah. Just Plain Mark. I remember he was, like, he made the move. From, there was alternative static that was like their 120 minutes was on late on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a, a there was a station called WLS out of Nashville that was like uh, had a clear channel, not clear channel as the corporation. It had a clear signal that went. Oh, because it, it was AM. Yeah, so it had like hundred thousand watts and it played all over the world. Yeah, they, I mean, you there could was, get wow. that. That was in yeah, Antarctica. There was one place in Cincinnati that was so powerful. I think it was Cincinnati that people who lived near the station could get it in their teeth, and Aborigines could hear it <laughs> on, really? in Australia. But what they did was I mean, they could get it in their teeth. <laughs> they, it was the, the signal was so powerful they could hear it in their fucking fillings. 
Really? Could, yeah. They could yeah. pull it in? Well, what happened was they eventually had to limit the watts that the station could broadcast at because 100,000 was like, incredible. Now it's down to like fives. Like, yeah, they, they regulate it now. Yeah. <sighs> so you, can, you can't get in your fillings. That's why you can't but hear you can. rock in the, in the past. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, well that's also, that's FM as opposed to AM. I'll uh, be right back after I gargle. Yeah, AM stations can go around. They're incredible. Like They can go forever. Like FM is a little more limited. Well, see, and back then, AM was still was, the king. Yes, I heard about that. Yeah. FM was oh, just, started getting, when it was still AM. just getting discovered. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I was a big Fireside Theater fan. That's what really made me want to go into radio. They were a comedy group from L.A. that... Uh, Fireside Theater? Yeah, Firesign okay. Theater. And they, they were kind of like a Cheech and Chong type group. And they had some crazy albums. You should check their albums out. They're really interesting. Uh, surreal and really funny. And um, anyway, I was a fan of those guys. And I had heard that what they did was they got on FM... Uh, because no one cared about FM back then. Oh. And so they just started doing comedy. It was like if you took a bunch of the guys from the store and and had a show. And they would have their buddies stop in. And a lot of celebrity guys that we know from today would stop in and do little bits. And they just had free reign. Because nobody cared about the FM. Oh, that's like, it's like public access. It was like public access. And you could just kind of go in there and do your thing. And that's how FM rock radio got started. That got started out with Tom Donahue up in uh, San Francisco, really. Donahue, I think, did the first FM, you know, rock really? stuff. Really? Also, yeah. FM can do stereo and AM can't. That's the other thing. But it, uh, is see, that why it took over? Like, why, is, why did it take it over? It sounds better to, to stereo. Well, they, they, he and his wife, Rachel Donahue, both, uh, Rachel was on K-Rock for a lot of years. They just kind of took over the FM band at their station. He was a program director. Yeah. I think they had AM and FM, and nobody was doing anything on FM, so he just started to play rock music on there, and it slowly caught on. Then all of a sudden, it went way past you AM. You get the kids on your side, and yeah. everything goes. That's exactly it, because they buy the you know acne cream. Nobody gives a fuck about Loyola Marymount basketball. They they really don't. And what happens, though, is... Especially after Hank gathers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, more games people care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's those left-handed free throws, Bo, but after that one... Oh, man, I still feel bad about that. Yeah. You know, but it was, a, uh, um, it was an interesting time because it, it, people, they called it free-form radio because no one really regulated it. The salespeople oh. didn't care. Salespeople run anything. They run the, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Fritz Coleman the other day who got discovered right here at the Comedy Store for his weathercaster job that he's had for 30 years now. What's he NBC. on? Uh, I and, NBC. I NBC. Yeah, but he was, he was on stage here at the store one night, and then NBC uh, Brass stopped in and just signed him right off the to stage. To be a weatherman? I was yeah. say, that is like a mixed blessing. Like, we want you to be on television as a weather guy. Well, he has this well, bit about clouds. Yeah. <laughs> but, By the way, so we really see that. You know, the well. weathermen make the most money because that's where all the, at least until recently, that's where all the ad sales were before and after the weather because it's the only thing people watched. He makes oh. huge bank. Yeah, huge. so they, the weather guys yeah. always make the most, or in most markets, they make the most. Yeah, he, he gets big money and a great guy. But he his thing was that he, he told me not too long ago, he goes, local television is run by car dealerships. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I hadn't really thought about it, but that's true. And that's also basically true for radio. You know, whatever your big uh, sales uh, industry is in that town, that's who basically runs the stations because they buy most of the advertising. They're upset with it. That's someone I was going to ask you. How much did you have to, like, bow down to advertisers? Well, advertisers, you couldn't step on their stuff. You weren't supposed to make fun of them. You, you know, you had to watch that. And more than, you know, enough DJs have gotten fired for accidentally saying something about it. Here's a story. My sponsor. uncle. Just saying I saw a terrible movie today. And someone's like, that movie gave us a bunch of money. You're fired. 
Okay, it could be. Here's sure. an example. My uncle actually told me the story because he knows people in Atlanta. Yeah. The story was this, is that one of the refs in SEC football is a very wealthy guy. I think he sells – it's like one of those like rent-to-own guys who has a yeah. huge amount. In this case, it was television. He just likes being a ref still, though? Yeah, he just likes still being a ref. In the, okay, so there's a coach. Somehow a coach has a problem with him during a game and files a complaint about this ref. And the ref likes just doing it. So the, when you file a complaint, you're in trouble with the SEC. You're not going to get a lot more games. Yeah. The wife's the, – the coach's wife is a weather girl or a weather – at a local television station or radio station. I'm not sure which. Yeah. Um, the ref calls that station and says, you know, I have a rent-to-own thing. I, I, I'm a big advertiser for your – you know, call station, just explains what happens. Within a week, the coach pulls the complaint and apologizes to the referee. Wow. wow. That's how much power advertisers have. She was like, I was going to lose yeah. my job. I don't <laughs> exactly. care. Just yeah. do it. Well, what you, you don't care where the game. The game's already over. <laughs> no, it's true. And, and also, you know, there was a guy in Detroit uh, that was like a favorite of mine. His name was Robin Seymour. The bird. He, everybody had a stupid nickname. Everyone had a name. He was that the bird. HFS was milk. And I, was I guess because like, he was Robin. That? He was Robin, so he was the bird. Oh, so anyway, okay. he had a dance show on uh, in the afternoon too, uh, you know, like a, a Dick Clark kind of American bandstand dance show. Yeah. Was this so, before or after Mark Fidrich, the bird? This in was in the 70s. before Fidrich. Okay. Was this before the bird is the word? Before the bird, maybe a tie on that one. Okay. So anyway, this guy, uh, he he. So he was supposed to have the Rolling Stones were just starting to break. And this is how old I am. I went to their first American tour concert. What? I was fifteen at Cobo Hall in Detroit. Unbelievable show, and they were just breaking. Right? How big? But how many people? Who opened? Packed. <laughs> I don't remember who opened. I can't remember that. But I. But they were. I think it might have been Parliament Funkadelic. Wow. Yeah, it might have been Parliament, who was also great. And they were phenomenal. And that's only a 15,000 at most, Cobalt Hall, because that's where the Pistons used to play. Yeah, it's gotta yeah. Be, that's NBA arena size. So that's yeah, small. it probably holds 15. Yeah, but it was packed. Yeah, but yeah. And, that's a small place. Uh, they took all the seats out, and you know, it was yeah, packed. Yeah, the whole floor. So, uh, but but they were they were blowing up. So this guy went on there, and was they were supposed to be guests on his radio show, and they didn't show up. And so he went on the air and ripped them. He goes, I don't know who they think they are. Ripped but the Rolling uh, Stones? Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing them for the last six months, and uh, they suck. And I, I am whatever drawing he's... a line in the sand. <laughs> yeah. Either me or these Rolling Stones. Something like that, right? He, he, so he, he went off on them. So they were listening, and what? they had a legit reason why they didn't show. Something had happened with their flight or something. So they, um, anyway, so they said, we're not doing the concert unless he apologizes publicly. Why? Because the radio station sponsored the sponsored the concert. So we're not doing it. We won't do the show. And so they're not going to call their bluff on that. They're like just fucking apologize. Yeah. Man. So this guy had to go on and, apo- and apologize to the Stones on his TV show and his radio show. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just bow down. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Because it, you know, uh, it, that's you know, the weight of the sponsorship is also just the station's got to always have their way. Yeah. Whatever, you know, because they don't, they didn't want to make odds with the Stones. Yeah, exactly. Or, What's the difference? Just, yeah. Let's just apologize. So, you know, so yeah, jocks are always. That was, that's why they say the problem is with the 99% and the Occupy Wall Street people. They're like, if you accept the advertisement from, from people, which is pretty much what you're doing, then they can just threaten to pull it and fire you. Yeah. 
yeah. And the same was true of uh, DJs who accepted cocaine uh, for record play. How, did uh, that happen? Or cash. Well, or cash. To, to tell because the, uh, and if you don't do it. The Van Halen story? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's just go well, the Van Halen story. Is that related or is that not? No, I didn't okay, get no. offered anything uh, except uh, David Lee Roth offered to kick my ass. If what? If what? We were, no, we were, he would, he was, he would climb up the fire escape at K-Rock, which wasn't too hard. because This is where you worked. Two-story building. You got switched to K-Rock. No. When I first came to LA, LA. I first came to LA. uh, I just threw everything in a car, my car, one night, and just drove out here. I go, you know, you had no no job job offer, nothing. I just thought so fiscally irresponsible. It was horrible. It was horrible. But that's not a married guy's move, by the way. That's no. You'd have to be single, and you'd have to be twenty-two. Yeah, you can't remember. Which is what I was. No, no, no. I I left my girlfriend back there. I just (laughs) I was so uh, you know you get up to a point in a small market where you go, okay, enough. Yeah, fly or not. I got to go. This is like the Jungle Book song, uh, I Want to Be a Man. I'm the king of the swingers. It's about how a monkey wants to be a human. Do you know what I don't understand is... That's like a Dixie Chick song where you have to fly. What song is that? Oh, there's that one too. I don't know. I don't know what it is about youth, but I thought I couldn't be stopped. Yeah. I was 22. Young people. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it is. the world. I was a complete fool. But somehow it all worked out. male and 23 in America. (laughs) I wish I I had some of that chutzpah still. Dodge bullets. Chutzpah, nice boy. Right? Yeah, you're right. Hey, he worked in the industry, man. He learns a few (laughs) years. Hey, I'm Mishpuka. But anyway, uh, I... I I, I, I love when people get it real close. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what are you... Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I already didn't even know for a second. But uh, but anyway, I I literally had... It was like the Beverly Hillbillies with a Dodge Dart. I, I put everything in my dart and drove out here wow wait the dodge dart one of those car trucks it was a no just a regular it was, it was a, okay what were those car trucks dodge. Oh, el caminos el camino yeah yes. that was, yeah i was in a fresh el camino rolling kilo g only it was dodge dart but anyway so i get out here and uh, uh my buddy i go what's the easiest station to get on and he goes k-rock because back then k-rock was the underdog station really yeah they were the only one that wasn't corporately owned now people don't know this k-rock decides what the rest of the country plays on their radio station yeah it's become the station in the country and and at the time it was a hot ticket for the kids but it was owned by some mad gangster and it was like oh, really? uh, ind- individually owned so um it sounds uh, like a like a tax laundering situation. Yeah, like I think it was laundering. something yeah. like that. I think it was. And the guy, our program director. <laughs> had stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the program director was this crazy uh, uh, heroin addict uh, pedophile who was. Is uh, it Rodney Bingenheimer? No, it wasn't Rodney. But this Rodney was on He's the station. Oh, is he? No, uh, no, Rodney no. Rodney Bingenheimer hit on a girl I dated when she was like 12. How old was he? He was older not 12. 12. <laughs> he, was, he was older than 12. Yeah. Was Rodney. one year of 12? Yeah. Rodney was there, though. But anyway, this guy was a nutty, this program director guy, and, and uh, uh, he was scary. And, 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 but, uh, you know, I kept calling him. I just called him and called him and called him. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I saw Jim Rome on uh, Letterman the other night, and that's what he Fox. did, too. He was there, Cameron? No, but at, he was at the Mighty 690, which is, was a sports station down. But he, he did the same thing. Him. He just kept bugging him, bugging him, sending him stuff. That's what I did here at the Comedy Store. I put my application in. They're like, we don't need anybody now. I'm like, when would you know? And I'm like, I don't know. So I just called every day or two. That's what you do. Finally, they're like, fine, 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 come in. We need somebody. That's what they do eventually. So, that you know, that persistence Or they laugh on. about you. Yeah, and this guy keeps calling. Right, it's around, one o'clock. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, we're about to start up auditions for our new, uh, oh, they, they, yeah, they'll make fun of you, but yeah. but you still all you care about is getting the gig. Yeah. So uh, you know, I got this gig, and and uh, they put me on uh, with the Fire Sign Theater guys. I got on there with a couple of the Fire Sign Theater guys, not on my name, on their name. 
What do you because mean on their name? They, well, they had a name that at that time they were pretty big. So, you know, they said, yeah, we'll put you on if you have that guy. So I went on. We had a show on Sunday night, and uh, it was called Hollywood Night Shift, and we did it out in Pasadena in a hotel. They, really? They, yeah. They were building new studios, so they had us in a hotel suite in Pasadena. You'd walk in, there'd be room service trays piled up. This and is K-Rock? Yeah. Do a lot of free room service? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it was just like a, a crazy. They had old equipment. It looked By the like, way, there's something really poignant about free room service. <laughs> it sounds glamorous. <laughs> yeah. such a fucking, I'm still so oh, it was, no, me too. I'll never shake that poor. No yeah, I was excited about I that. Yeah, I'm like, wait, free food? Well, I remember the uh, Fire Saint Theater guys looking at the place like, are you kidding me? What did you drag us into? Because look, they, the guy goes, this looks like something out of a Mexican movie. And of course, uh, you're thrilled. Oh, I was thrilled to death. It was, and you know, I'm, I, I was in a pretty big station and when I got you know, to the top of Detroit. So this actually looked kind of weird to me too. But what was uh, cool about it was everyone in town was listening. Everyone wow. in the town. The cool people you mean? All the hipsters were listening to so like wow. eight, so all the young, like And it was AM and FM. It had one of those rare bands where oh, it was AM both. and FM. So everything about like tastemakers, like all those people who like listen to the cool yeah. rock station decide what's cool mm-hmm. in the town. Well, you know what it was? It was one of those last bastions of, uh, you know, independent, uh, freedom, uh, in, in the public airwaves. You, you could, we were just doing stuff outrageous because no one was there you monitoring play what you us. Wanted? We play what we wanted, wow. do anything we wanted. We didn't really have anybody monitoring us. And, um, Later, they brought a program director in that was pretty sharp. They had Shadow Stevens in there. This was like early 80s? Yeah. But at first, it was like... Shadow Stevens from Dave, Dave's World? That yeah, Shadow yeah, okay. yeah. The so, Shadow Stevens. He's who's like very sharp. So many Shadow Stevens. Oh, but really? he is really Yeah, that's like sharp. one of the most common names in radio. It's oh. like really weird. But he's, a, he's like... He knows what he's doing. Yeah. The, the other guys really... It really didn't. So but so they would just kind of let us do whatever they we wanted. And um, that show, I started to get... A, a little bit of a notice in town from that show, so because then they, people would listen to you. Yeah, so they yeah. they gave me a Friday and Saturday night party show where I could play whatever I wanted and do whatever I wanted. Now, I, what was your hair like at this time? And, I oh, had can, long hair. Could we scan the headshot for the for the? Oh yeah, do you have an old headshot? I hope it's you don't the scan that, guys. Store. Please don't look for that. Uh, okay, uh, can I get off the wall for the for the website? Yeah, it's in the vestibule. It, yeah. Well, you know, well, I don't know if that's the same shot, but when I first got here, I had long hair. <laughs> yeah. I was just a hippied out crazy guy. So I. Uh, I was got, your show called Fraser's, uh, Fraser's Super Christmas. Dance Party? It should have been. Well, I was, was playing called? everything. What was it called? It was, it was called the Fraser Smith Show, and I just had, but I played like, um, I start out every night with Panic in Detroit from Bowie, because I'm from Detroit. So then. Every night I, you play that song. Er, er, to open the show. Yeah. And then during the, the show, I would go on what you would call today a rant. Taylor would have been proud of me. I went off on a Taylor-style rant where I would just talk about whatever had happened to me that week. Yeah. And punk rock was starting to come in. And so I was starting to blend punk rock with, with old-school rock and some funk. You oh, know, I'd play nice. James Brown, and then I'd play Sex Pistols, and then I'd play... It up to you. Yeah, it was up to me. It was down to me. So and I didn't know where any of this music was coming from. Rodney would always tell me, Rodney really knows music. And he would say, "He really well, does, right?" That's yeah. one of my favorite. It's even radio now, he's great. Yeah, yeah. and Ronnie's awesome. Sunday night at like midnight, if I'm yeah. driving, I'm like, "Oh, it's one o'clock." It's always Ronnie good. It's yeah. incredible. Even though he's always stayed he fresh. He loves the Donnas, but besides that, he yeah, has yeah, no yeah. real elite. And Pixies are his favorites. Yeah. And, you know. I, know, I know a guy who fucked one of the Donnas. Interesting fact. What? Yes. Which one? Asian TV writer. Wow. Uh, no, no, fucked, no, no. I think the drummer. Now, now which one of your friends? I was say, he fucked the drummer. Oh, that's one of the good ones. She's cute. Yeah, she's cute. It's like three out of four good ones. Yeah, a couple of them are cute. Yeah. 
So I, I you know, I started, and, and, and my thing is I play Panic and you try to, and at the end, there's like a guitar, uh, Mick Ronson does this great guitar out on the song. And, and I would just get on there and just start complaining about whatever happened to me that week at full volume. Really? Yeah. I go, those son of a bitches ripped me off at my, you know, uh, apartment complex, that bastard. And I'd start, and, and then I'd start screaming, ah, you know, and I'd start breaking shit. I, I would break all the stuff in the studio. What? Yeah, I would, I would just, I, I just, I, I bring stuff in to break. Can I make a side note here? Yeah. Uh, for the listeners who don't understand this, Ari, you'll agree. Fraser Smith could be the nicest human being I've ever met. Yeah. Uh, so the thought that him doing this <laughs> yeah. is couldn't be more shocking. Well, you know what it was. He also looks like he would be like passing the bill in to like take away women's like reproductive rights. Ab- yeah, like, absolutely. He has like, a real Republican I'll look. sign first. <laughs> I feel about this the way that I'm sure the people who hung out and lived and were children of the BTK killer must have felt when yeah. they heard about his secret life. He looks like one of the good Christians. Well, you yes. know what? Those good Christians. He is, that was one you. of the good Christians. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I, I am a good Christian, but yeah. you know, but back then I was insane and I was on coke and I was on coke. Okay, there we go. And, and, and I was like out of my mind. So, and, and, like, oh yeah, one more day. Oh, I was a cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I would get on there and just do insane things. Uh, you know, I, I would bring all my own music in, and then I would uh, take whatever suggestions I got from Rodney, and I would break stuff in in the studio. Like, and what I would, would you break? I would ask people to send me stuff to break. No, 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 no. Oh, wait. You mean break like I'd break, break the a, desk, and I'd break the... Oh, oh I thought like, you meant break like a new song. You no, mean no, well, like I, actually I, destroy that, something. That came later. Okay. But uh, uh, so, and then the show got so real. like the Gallagher of radio. Kind of the Gallagher of radio, but <laughs> but with a David Taylor rant. So Kinnison slash Gallagher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I had just met Kinnison because I was going to the store and working out down at Westwood. Okay. So, wow. uh, so you were a comic then, too. I was trying to do comedy, and I didn't know anything about it. And I, but, So I started there, and then I started at the Little Laugh Factory because Jamie had a, a, a club that's about the third the size of what he's got now. Same place? Uh, same place, just a little hole in the wall and I front room yeah and no one so I would plug the the club and and then the club started getting hot even though it was little and a couple of the comedy store biggies started trickling down there and then Westwood you know Mitzi was really cool she knew I was getting big on the radio so she started giving me spots down there and I met Kinnison and all those guys and Dice and everybody was and they were all 22 is that yeah. what they'd hang out till all hours? There? Yeah, yeah. They'd stay here? like you guys hang here. They'd yeah. stay there uh, till you know clo- past closing, and everyone would be hammered and Wait, hanging. out. I have a question: Who would go to Westwood? Just a certain group of people, or the people that lived out there? No, everybody. Even the big go shots would go down there to work their new stuff. So okay. some nights, but during the week, the Robin Williams and all those guys, Leno would not go down there. They would be here. Yeah, they'd be up In here. LA. Okay, but but or the comedy store. By but the way. they would. But it was a happening time. Yeah, and music was was breaking and you know the whiskey was popping and the roxy and and all those clubs on the strip were happening i have a question yeah radio groupie pussy a lot and good (laughs) what's the story there unbelievable and i've never seen anything like it since wait so like you were you were starting to launch as a name yeah, and I mean, and you so, know, I was the so kind the, of guy that always did okay with girls in yeah. college or high school. No, not great, yeah. but I always got a couple, and there was whatever, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I was like, you know, came down the middle, down yeah. the middle, you know. But but certainly, you know, uh, n- you know, 
I was, you, could have, you, were, you could have had more. <laughs> I, wasn't the, yeah, I wasn't the top of the food chain. Okay. But as soon as that show took off, yeah. I got every girl in town. And it was just, <laughs> and then, you know, this town, it's loaded with unbelievable chicks. Do you think that was because your confidence level was up or just no, because it's Ari, Ari, confidence maxes out. <laughs> you know what? It's a little of both. It is a little of both. Because when your confidence is high, you do radiate something. Of course, I don't know it's what. easy to be confident when girls are coming to fuck you because you're yeah, on the radio. You, well, yeah. Girls fuck you. Somebody else like, oh, you're like, well, that's what. Yeah. Builds your confidence, yeah. you know. So I got Probably the only thing that builds your confidence. Confident enough to say yes to them. I don't say it to brag because I don't think it's something to brag about. But I, but you know, I, my friend, the one thing some porn star said to him, he was like flirting, and she goes, he said something like really cru- 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 crass to her, like I want to fuck your face or something like that, and she goes, you don't have the guts, and he was like. Wait, what? Oh. oh, yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah, I totally have the guts for this. Let's do it. I would say you've called my bluff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the rants are starting to build. You're starting to get a name now. The hipster yeah. chicks like you. But yeah. forget the hipster chicks. The actress chicks like it. I got yeah. them all. I mean, I got <laughs> chicks I had no business getting. Really rich and this women. Is before, wait, were there all like different age groups. You, you boned? Every... I mean, <laughs> this is before AIDS or before people knew about yeah, it. There was no AIDS. Pre AIDS. Yes, pre AIDS. Oh my God. It's pre AIDS. Post pill and pre AIDS. Hey guys, that's, by yeah, the way, that's the twilight of America. Dude, what David I loved, Crosby was getting pussies. So what, I loved, though, what I loved, though, was I had no money. And K Rock was like paying nothing. Yeah, what do they pay you? They were Pussy. paying nothing. So, but what happened was yeah. they played their regular DJs, but I was a weekend guy, so I got nothing. So I'm out here, and all I had was my Dodge Dart, and I was staying with friends out in the valley, and I was getting pulling these chicks that were just unbelievably rich with your and from uh, actresses, every every kind of girl you can imagine. And my friends were stunned. <laughs> they, they were stunned. They were like, "What? How did they find?" Because one girl would pull up and leave, and then another one would pull. It was like in a movie. Yeah, how would they find? You? They don't know what you look like. The name, the word. Well, I get. To, yeah, the word gets around, and you get to know. And 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 it's just like I heard that guy got a development deal. Yeah. And well, and, and they it. would hang around the radio stations a lot of times. They would come down and hang out mostly on Rodney's show. Oh, yeah, Rodney's. They by the way, with a fallout pussy. They would come for Rodney, but I would get like, the fallout. Hey, gone. Yeah. By the way, the story about David Lee Roth—it's worth noting. Van Halen wasn't famous when he was trying to climb up the fire escape. No, I didn't know. Who, oh. Nobody knew them. And and David would climb up, and then he would kick in the door, and he'd go, "Hey, man, you got to play my stuff. You got, we got a test pressing." And I go, I "Get the fuck out of here!" You know, you, <laughs> while you're on air, yeah, yeah. The come door. on, I'm in the middle of a show. So then I started. Beat it, fuck dude. you, loser. <laughs> I played a, a test pressing thing, yeah. and it was—I think it was uh, ain't talking about love and went through the roof and yeah the phones just lit up and everybody was calling they loved it loved it and then shortly after that they had an album uh their first album came out and then i played that extensively and um and then you know the punk rock stuff started getting hot and you know uh rodney would would tell me hey play these guys play those guys and i played i remember um Remember, it was right at the time of the Hillside Strangler murders. And yeah. so I was playing Psycho Killer. And I would get on there while the song was playing. And I'd go, hey, dude. i go, I know you're listening to the show. <laughs> i go, and do you hear what they're saying in this song? i go, you're insane. i go, turn yourself in. i go, what's your problem? And I would be, what's do- your problem? I I would be doing stuff like that. <laughs> you guys taking a bump stance. And what's your problem? The man? joke, too, is the Hillside Strangler was two people. It was oh, two really? people, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, I would do... What I thought was out- laughing. outrageous Richard stuff. Smith is talking about us. Okay. I'd be talking over the records, and and I was um, just doing so, all the stuff you're told not to do. So in a way, 
the, the way that first program director was to you, you were to David Lee Roth, the person he kept knocking on the door. And yeah, his persistence paid off there. Yeah. And um, and all these punk bands, you know, I, I, I was one of the first guys to play most of those bands and a lot of the new wave bands. Wait, who would, who would, you said people would pay you to play their records? No, they didn't pay me, but that was how... Payola. Oh, Payola back in the, you know, which... which pay the radio station. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it became a, an issue in the, uh, I guess, late 50s. It's selling out. It's completely selling out. Like, well, we'll they have pay us and we'll pay, they have, pay your record. Yeah, it was a big deal in the 50s, but then they have ways around it now that they, it's sort of legal. Well, now Payola. it's all corporately done. I yeah. can see it being legal. No, it's completely illegal. Lame. It's really? kind. Of, it's kind yeah. of corporately done now, and it's hush hush and under. Yeah, can we do that? Can yeah, I go sure. check? Uh-huh. Check. Okay. See, Ed. <laughs> what were we talking about? We're, what were we talking about? Uh, we're the about? girls in the FM yes. thing in the. Uh, well, the other thing was I, I got instant fame because everyone was listening to that station, yeah. and it was the little station on the dial. We had no money. All these other stations were huge. Did you ever have a girl come over and either blow you or have sex with you, and then leave without talking to you? Many times. What? <laughs> wow, Fraser. Many times. Wow. And believe me, I never thought that. <laughs> and I never thought that would happen. I mean, I never thought any of this oh would God. happen. And after a while, were you like, when girls were talking, you're like, you're really screwing up my flow here. Like, did I you just, ever look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am God? No, I would look at myself in the mirror and go, you don't deserve this. <laughs> so you all. never made that flip to believing in it? No, you know what? I, I think you did a little. You know what? I did a little. I'll tell you, you, I always knew I was an idiot, <laughs> you know, and I knew that I wasn't some hot guy, right? Yeah. But I also knew that, uh, <laughs> you know what I did know? I knew I was in the right place at the right time. You know, uh, it's funny, I was watching the retrospective on Bob Dylan, and um, what, what they all said about Dylan was, you know, that he hit at exactly the right time for his style. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, his right, style right, was... War. You know, the war thing and everything just fit into Hitting what the New York was, coffee shops, folk, huge, yeah. Yeah, and he had some resistance. You know, some of the old guard didn't want him to do the um, electric band stuff. They wanted to stick to folk and be, you know, right. what that always was. But he hit at the right time. His timing was perfect. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Can I make, make a point it. here? Yeah. Fraser Smith can somehow sound self-effacing when he's comparing himself to, to Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a gift. Well, I didn't mean yeah. to compare oh, myself no. to Dylan, but what I was trying to say was the timing. The timing for a jackass like me was perfect right. because I represented a lowball goofy guy who wasn't as schooled as those big time DJs. And your station, K-Rock then, wanted someone who didn't give a fuck. Yeah, they wanted somebody who was a goofball. And and I fit there so perfectly and the timing was great for that punk rock thing because the fact that I had no money, yeah. it, it, it was a time when you didn't want to have money. Because it wasn't the, cool. It wasn't cool. Right. The best way for you to get laid was to have a bad looking car and be <laughs> kind and have spiky hair. I'm bored which back then, now. I cut off, yeah, my, I cut off all my long hair and I had this spiky haircut punk rock haircut then i, I what's quickly, spiky like how spiky like real spiky i got I what, like this, a star i found this girl that could spike it up who knew all the punk rock stuff and yeah. so i i really went that route and um and i had no dough and i'm hanging out with these women who are loaded in beverly hills and it was just <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous but it was like if by i the was way, the cool kid in town 
because I was still a kid. So people were like, wow, this kid's cool. And I'd never been cool before. I was always in, in high school and college, you know, a guy that was fairly popular, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. But I was never the, you know, king of the campus. All of a sudden, I'm king of this huge city. I went to a party at, where Johnny Carson was there, and he said to somebody, I hear Fraser Smith is here. No way. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. You hung out with the stars, too. I did. Because it was the same yeah. party. You were like yeah. the elite a little bit? Yeah. I, I was, you know what it was? I, I was hipper than any of them. At that point, like uh, I remember being, I remember being in an elevator at La Balage, which is where uh, my boss was staying, and I was going for a meeting. And I, I get in the elevator, and it's Bianca Jagger and Mick, and yeah. uh, and they were looking at me like I was the king of the universe. What? Yeah. How did they know who you were? Because they listened to K Rock. Everybody did. God. And 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 he goes, "You're Fraser Smith." Mick Jagger said that. So I said, "Yeah." Jagger. And I forget. I said, "You're Roger Daltrey." And he goes, "Shut up." So I mean, they were still way bigger than me. They were real, way bigger than me in real life. But what I had was, I had the look. I had the Johnny Rotten look. That that Roxette song was written about you. Well, what it is is, or the Prince song. Which I one, look, the look like you got the look, yeah. I look like was that a rock set? Was that a cover? Different two, different oh, the looks. Okay. Yeah. You know, never a super handsome guy or anything, but I, but I had the look of that day, and yeah. more than anybody in town, I had the, that look, and it was simply because I was broke. <laughs> you know, my shitty wardrobe wow. came in handy. Now, can I make a point here? Uh, I was talking to Ari about this. Uh, I heard something about you. It was very interesting. I heard you were known for fucking your boss's wives. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> this interview's over. Good night, everybody. You know what? It was? No. <laughs> David, fuck you. I'm not sure. That's what I, I heard. I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, you know what happened? Everybody? No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. He couldn't help it. Yeah. No, no. What happened? That's was, good for the career, by the way. No, you know what happened? I, no. I, I, I smartened up at some point. <laughs> and, I go, and I go. Let's talk about Dumb Fraser. No, the Dumb Fraser was what everybody wants to be. But. <laughs> But you can only do that for a short period. You smartened of time. up and then started fucking your boss's wife. No. no, what I did was I realized. <laughs> Stop look, you're it. in the business, yeah. and, and if you want this to work, you better behave yourself. Right. So I and, and I think I was a fairly good businessman. I, I you know I really did. I thought okay, you know I'm going to go and do a good job and 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 go to the top, which is what I did. I really focused for a couple of years there. And I was proud of myself because I didn't mess around. I stopped drinking, stopped doing blow, stopped doing really? all that stuff. Yeah. And stopped chasing girls, really. I How just, old were you at this point? I was probably, by this time, 30, maybe. At 30, you started growing up. That's pretty early. Yeah. And I started to go, okay, listen, you're, you you got to get... And so I got real serious about it. And, 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 it and, and so I wasn't doing anything wrong. But people who were then jealous of me kind of dane cook jealous of me at that point and so what they wanted to do was the same type of jealousy the same kind of jealousy uh-huh. that you see with dane now where uh-huh. he got so big and every all the haters came out like, oh, fuck so him. the haters were doing that with me only they didn't we didn't have the internet thank god oh. but every, people were doing it word of word of mouth wise and they would put little rumors out there well phrases screwing the boss's wife no way she was just a fan of my show <laughs> she was really? she was so, a fan of my show and and we were friends but we you know i was just one time i would never do that no i never you know we were just friends and 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 um she got to be a fan of the show, yeah. and 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 at that point, I was in my behaving stage. I wasn't doing anything, but the word got back to my boss. I don't think he really thought I was, but he just was looking for stuff to nail me with because Put him he in a bad was. Place, and also, it's embarrassing was, to him because it's emasculating whether or not he thinks you are to hear well, people so say. Probably, but it wasn't yeah. so much that as just that was the icing on the cake. He was mad at me for everything because what I found out was 
going to the top doesn't necessarily mean that people are, are all going to be behind you. And I didn't realize that the station bosses would turn on me like they did. They kind of turned on me because they didn't have control over me. And they didn't like that? They didn't like that. They didn't like the fact that I had this big image in town. And, every, and, and so I was like bigger than the station. So they were always trying to knock me down. Was this before or after your movie deal told you, got that you was, to tell the boss? That to fuck was the off. capper on the Okay, on, okay. On the so what? here's what you happened. You want to go back and then come back again? Tell the Do story? I have to go and yeah, I better go, not okay. come back? Well, tell you what, in the meantime, let's talk about how you get a job with, writing for Justin Luke. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Not writing for Justin Luke. Writing for Justin Luke's show. I feel awkward, Tom. The show's going to be super good. I just hope <laughs> it gets picked, picked up. up. When do you need to find out? The next week or two? Uh, they say a couple weeks to a couple months. It's unclear. But this is your first writing job? Yes, more is or less it? it is, yeah. What was the last I, most you got paid for a writing job? Uh, well, no, actually, I did. I wrote on uh, Pilot for Neil Brennan. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got paid uh, for that? Well, sort of. Deferred it's, payment? Yeah, it's like a maybe something happens thing. For a long time, anyway, before this year started. Yes, Ari Shafir and I split my biggest payment in entertainment, a $125 check for getting a joke onto the pilot for uh, the Adam Carolla show. Oh, yeah. Uh, and as like a the, sketch of ours, we they got we did a sketch. Was it the I want I don't know which one it was. I think it might have been the uh, the one where Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla are arguing about who's the Garfunkel and who's the Simon in their relationship. It's no way it's that one. I, that that's was the one the I like. I don't know. It's one I like the best. I don't think it was that one. The best thing that we did on that was we wrote a uh, we had a bit called overrated underrated, uh-huh. and it was what's overrated, what's underrated, and the best one we had was overrated New York City, underrated nine eleven, <laughs> yeah. and that was exactly the one the manager said. I think you might want to take this one out, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like no, no, but we hate New Yorkers. Yeah, <laughs> and they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead and take it out. So the punchline, that's so the funny about that. So the the boss member was telling the manager was telling us, oh man, we've been talking you up, you guys. They loved it. They bought the joke. And we're going to get you in there yeah. interview. It's going to be great. We hear nothing. Six months later, our friend dies. You send a mass mail to everybody, including the boss of that show, who turns to one of the writers who I knew. And wait, the- by the way, before that, I had written. You were like, "Hey, it's a good idea." One of the things we wrote was what those yeah. some, some sketch about those hidden or jokes about those hidden um, cell phone towers that were disguised as like yeah, cell phone yeah, yeah. So oh, an article. Yes. So you're like, "Hey, forward it to him." Yeah, and then we can maybe set cool. up a connection. Absolutely. So you had his email. You sent out the you email once, saying, and then this. "Hey, Freddie Soto died." If you guys want to blah 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 blah. And the guy reads the email, the guy who our manager had said he was talking us up to, a guy who the manager made it sound like we had made real connection, like this this guy's our names were in his ears. And he turns to the writer who I know and says, who's Ari Scheifer? <laughs> and that's when I realized that we were never going to be writing for that show or working with that manager ever again. We also got a free lunch, a dinner out of it at Friday's, right? Or Hooters? Yeah, but then for the last meeting we went to, we showed up and they said, oh, well, he has a meeting uh, on the other side of town right now, so I don't know why he said... <laughs> Schedule to- with us. I'm like, ah, we're probably not high enough on a total bowl to cancel. I, I wrote a packet for the showbiz show, uh, and then I tried to send it in through the assistant, and then the manager said, oh, we, we just fired him. And then the manager, I said, well, I wrote this packet. Spent like four days, all every waking hour to work yeah. on this packet to make it good. I said, well, I wrote it. Do you mind if I send it to you? He goes, mm, I don't think so. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> like, I, you know, I wrote the packet. Yeah. It's already done. That was... I'm just happy anybody will read anything at yeah. this point. I mean, I spent four days. You know what? That's what we always ask for is a sign like that instead of going somebody going like, yeah, I'll get back to you. That always tortured everybody. I, yeah. I mean, we always say like, I'd rather hear somebody just say, no, I'm not interested in working with well, you. What I, don't, what I don't understand is, yeah, again, he was technically working with both of us, but it was like, I'm like, hey, man, you'd think maybe you'd read what I wrote because <laughs> this was after we'd written the thing yeah. that got onto the 
just lost interest. It was it was shocking. I was like, that is really. He's also the same manager who had uh, two of my friends, and the VH1 called about my friends. He said, "Oh, I'll get in touch with them," and he never did because he was high, and they lost the writing job. <laughs> he may have been high. Who knows? It's a pretty good bet since he's high. <laughs> well, it's California. Say, Everybody's high. Yeah. <laughs> Don't shit on pot. In my presence, I like that tweet you had the other day. It's like, what, which one? If they if they say drugs drug use doesn't lead to creativity, you should you should hear uh, the excuses. All the excuses, yes, because it is. You're like, no, I was just doing, uh, and they just have great lives. It's incredible when you talk to them. Heroin users are the best. They give you uh, elaborate coke users tales. Are, yeah, coke users always have something going on, and it's always you would be shocked. My coke, ba- it was like I had a medical emergency. No, no, a dental emergency. Oh, oh, That's yeah, the oh, one I heard that I loved. Uh, one coke user was giving me the excuse. He goes, "Oh, I'd love to meet you." Got a bank card emergency. It's Sunday. Yeah, there's no bank card emergency. On I was Sunday. in Bora Bora, and you're like, "Why are you going crazy? Just say you didn't have your cell phone on you or something." Remember like the that. guy we know, and I won't say the name, who had a show in Chicago, and they were calling him to say, uh, "Where are you?" Because he wasn't showing up, and he goes, "Let me." T-. He goes, "He didn't give a fuck. You can say it." Okay, it's Joey Diaz. <laughs> yeah. He goes, "Oh, bro." So he talks to the, the the general manager of the club, and he goes, yeah, "The club, they they, were, they called him to pick him up from the airport. He goes, there, Joey, he's like, hey, your plane deboarded, oh, and I didn't see bro. you." And he says, I had a problem with customs. And they go, Joey, this is Chicago. You're flying it from L.A. And then he just pauses and he goes, I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. I ain't making it. (laughs) You're like, you were just lying to me. Customs. What? Where are you? We didn't have a cell phone back then. It was pre-cell phones. So you oh, could get away yeah. with not calling immediately. Remember, you were the rare person who had the pager because you had pager. that commercial agent. Yeah, that's the only guy who had to have my pager number. Yep, exactly. And then he would get mad about it. Like Bobby Lee would get mad about it. And he would yell at Lawrence. Like, why don't you let him? And Lawrence is like, dude, I text. I page him. He pulls right over. Where he, within five minutes, he's called me back. Yeah, absolutely. You he's the only bad. one that had that number. He's the only one that needed it. You know, the smartphone industry killed about... 13, like 14 other industries. I was paying pagers. like $2.40 a month for my pager. Yeah. And they went out of business because they had like <laughs> they had like four users and I was one of them. They made $12 a and year. And once, yeah, once they had disposable cell phones, drug dealers were done with pagers. That was the end of uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, that was the end. There was something you could page back on. It was like the early texting. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember that. But that, that inventory was killed. Uh, what else was killed by? But so you got this Jeselnik job, and you're waiting to see if it'll go. You're I'm waiting nervous? to see. The show is, I'll say, the show is super funny. Yeah. Uh, God, I sound like everybody who's ever had a job who just yeah. desperately wants to keep they his just job. just push their, their, their thing they're working on. God, the I, one sound, thing they're working on. I sound like that guy. But the show is really funny. I had to tell Renazizi that once. Remember what? that? When he was reading all these pilots. And I was helping him read pilots yeah. and go over stuff with him. And... Um, and he'd be like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I was like, Steve, I read the pilot. This is terrible. You don't have to say it's the best thing ever just because you auditioned. Wait <laughs> I'll till you get this, it. The show's really good. Uh, Jeselnik is also a fantastic broadcaster and a pretty man. Well, Jeselnik's funny. And Jeselnik's he also funny. said he wants to go super harsh. Yeah. So he's not holding back. The show does nice. not hold back. It's, uh, they, there was nothing that they, uh, they said no to us on, which is great. That's all right. Fraser Smith coming back Fraser's for back. round two. Guys. Okay. Bring up. Well, I just fucked the boss's wife, and now I'm back. No, just kidding. Yeah. Okay, so, so there's a couple of questions I had to back up with. Okay, so you were deciding which music you played. Well, a at K Rock, I was. Yeah. But when I moved over to KLOS, which is where the boss's wife thing was oh. and all that stuff, it um, that was a bigger corporate station, and they hired me away to do mornings, and it was a oh. weird jump for me because I lost a lot of freedom, but I got a paycheck. This is like Conan. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And so I go, and but it was big too. That station was very big back. And morning radio is a big money maker. Yeah. So that's like yeah, a yeah. yeah. And I got a, you know, I but I couldn't play all the music I used to like. But they wanted you to be a badass, but not so badass anymore. Basically, okay. That's why they pay him. They, they sold. They basically he sold his soul to get that check. <laughs> kind of. That's what it is, right? When you yeah, move up to a program, it really, it like really that. is. You, but but then you also have to be realistic in life. You can't go on making no money as when you're. 30. The whole point was you wanted to move up to the top. This is. The yeah. Top, That's the way you get to the top. Ever seen yeah. Judah Freelander and Thirty yeah. Rock when they were having auditions for new cast members, and they found out that they, Grizz or dot com got a got a, got a uh, audition. Yeah, so everybody wanted an audition, yeah. and then Judah Freelander was like, "Hey." Grizz got an audition. I want an audition too, and I'm not changing my act for the stupid show. <laughs> so then his act, he's just like going up on stage in front of them and goes, "Fuck this bitch." And she looks back at you. And you're like, "Suck my fucking dick, bitch." There's a lot of those bleep constantly, and they're like, uh, "Thank you very much for coming in." Well, you know, <laughs> what are you expecting to happen? <laughs> well, you know what happens when you get that when you take that step. Yeah, is that you lose the freedom. And you get a paycheck, and the paycheck's helpful. But you do get annoyed at the loss of freedom. That's yeah. somewhat expected. Because don't you get used to the paycheck after like six, seven weeks? Yeah. After two, two but, weeks. But, but here's, so yeah, fast. that's true. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, now I just miss the freedom. That's human. Yeah, freedom. you do. Well, what else you miss is the bad boy image in town. Oh. I was there. Yeah, was this before Morning Guys had a bad boy image? They kind of, I kind of started, unfortunately, that whole wacky image thing. I think we'd had those top 40 morning guys who were great, but they were all kind of like this. Hey, we're going to, you know. Here's a question Did you call yours the morning zoo and did you say our show is totally bananas? No, wouldn't say any of that shit. Uh, No, mine was still pretty hip. My, yeah. I think verbally it was still hip, and I had all the guests on. But what would ha- you know? Because I had a young Kinnison on before anyone knew him. You had Kinnison on KLOS. Oh yeah, Kinnison used to do my show all the time. On KLOS, yeah. Or K-Rock? We used to do live shows on KLOS. K-L-O-S. We used to do live shows from KLOS from the store. Six really? in the morning. Six in the morning. Six a.m. from I the had comedy so many store. Fans. It, I had so many. But fans. probably people were staying up all night to do Guys, it. Guys, I had fans on, on a like on a Monday morning. They'd shut down Sunset. The, the, the sheriffs Why? would shut it down because there'd be thousands of people outside the comedy store. While you were broadcasting? In. Yeah. Whoa, Jesus. Looking in the window, thousands, guys. What were you doing? That's you why you could I'm see in here tonight window. playing in front of four people. You know, <laughs> Hosting in front of how far Wait, this is in the dropped. original room? They would look through that window? <laughs> yeah. You could see through the window just people yeah, outside. just people just like... So the store would be closed? Yeah. Would they broadcast open, it out to the patio? No, they'd open it up, but you could only get into the room. And we would have, we had Letterman did the show. I mean, all the big name guys. This was Letterman was on TV. This was just before just he got before, his TV yeah. deal. And a lot of these guys like, fuck it, I'm up anyway. We're doing lines. And Mitzi said to me, uh, I'm going to book the show. I'll put all the top comics on. Trust me. That's course, definitely a great that's sign. Exactly. <laughs> she knew all, all the top, she had the top comics. Did was, she actually get people all, who were good? Oh, they were all great. Back then, she yeah. actually had the they were power all great. of the best people think in Hollywood. you got to two or three of them were attractive guys who were terrible who she had sex with. Okay, there were one or two. But there <laughs> yeah. were some people like, oh, come on. One or Tomorrow. two, one or two. But, but, I, but I would have the guys on my show, but what I would have to do is battle with my bosses all the time. I'd be battling to put George Lopez on the show. And George was my buddy, and, I, and, and, he'd, go, and he'd go, why are you putting him on? You know, put Cheech on. Well, I also had Cheech on. I yeah. had Cheech and Chong were all, on all the time. But... They they would be like, why are you having him on? And then 
I remember Cher was doing the the show across the hallway. What? Uh, what show across there the was, hallway? There was a, there was a, an Cher. AM station, a big AM station, and she was a guest on not that in show. In the station, I across the hallway in the state. Yeah, KBC. Not, KBC, not KBC the was store. in the same building. Okay. And, no, this wasn't at the store. And 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 Cher would go. I want to do Fraser's show, <gasps> and they go. No, she can't do it. What? Yeah, she's not rock and roll enough. And. And, and then I had the guys on from uh, Spinal Tap right after the movie came out. Wow. And I good. had the album. And, and so the guys were going, Fraser, can you play some of that? So I played one of the songs. And my boss called me halfway through the song. He goes, take that off now or you're fired. And Really? Yeah, I would get threatened like that every wow. day. So you had no freedom. Radio so, sounds like cable television. It, it was horrid. 80s. But there was a yeah. reason for it. They wanted to take me down. They didn't want me having good ratings. Why'd they hire you? Well, but, you know, Just I, didn't, for the th- I don't think they thought it would get that big. Right. And it got big, and then it got to the point where they couldn't control me. So they then, so then I started doing. stuff. Did you have a non-compete, so you couldn't just go to another station? Yeah, you could. Yeah, so I couldn't just jump. They had me under a lockdown contract. They also got to keep anything I came up with, which they kept several sayings of mine. I, I was what? the guy who coined party animal. What? I was the guy who coined two. You did hit. not coin Wait. party animal. Yeah. Wait, hold hit. on. You made up party animal? I believe so. I have if not. I certainly made it famous. Wow. And I also made. What was this? I mean, it's possible. It's right on that time 79 you don't think of that area being invented you think of that being like something that's just been around there. forever party animal. that seems like something i had this other thing i had a buddy you led to spuds mckenzie i had a buddy who was <laughs> yeah you know, it was before spuds mckenzie yeah. and i had this buddy that was uh, uh, a comic who was from boston he kept saying phrase that's too hip that's too hip he would always say oh, that really? so I, I made that my slogan too hip. too hip yeah and so they made bumper stickers it was all over town too hip and um I remember my boss pissed me off. He was always messing with me. So he had two hip license plates made up. So I said, if you see a silver Cadillac with two hip license plates, give him the finger. I go, that's my boss. So everyone in the entire town was and flipping this that. guy on the way to work. <laughs> on the way to work, he'd get flipped off a, like a 2,000 times. So this guy must have not even cared. He's like, well, I don't care if it's better for, our, for, the, for the station. Fuck this guy. No, it got to be like that. And I wasn't so smart because I kind of fueled that. It's what about syndication? Was this before no. syndication? It was be- just before syndication really came in. So you so weren't I, able I to missed, make the move. Uh, I missed out on that. And um, Wait, okay. I better roll. I better. Okay, okay. I'll pause it again. Um, Here's one question I had for you. When you were playing at K-Rock and you played your own music, is that right. when people offered you Coke to play their songs? No, because uh, so when I, was this? What was this I thing? never really got offered Coke to play songs. Uh, I'm saying that was a what thing about the pizza that happened back in that era. What uh, about the oh, pizza okay, there? that was one. Okay, I guess I can talk about it. <laughs> it was it was the legendary KMET, and there was a, a KMET. A, a, KMET was a huge rock station where I went after KLOS. Okay, they were big. They were owned the town. And okay, so they were the big your, corporate your giants. Your boss at KLOS got sick of getting the finger. Reset. Well, there's yeah. a story about the KLOS thing, but we'll go to the KMAT first. Okay, okay. Well, the KMAT thing, there, there was a, a, a guy that would um, was a fan, yeah. and it was back in that era when people were partying, and he would show up, and he'd, he'd uh, drop two pizza, giant, uh, you know, large pizza, extra large pizzas at the uh, gate down at Metro Media Square, which yeah. is at the other end of Sunset. And um, so the guard, we had this crazy German Guard, you know, and he would bring the pizzas up. We have pizzas for the DJs, and and, and they're inside the pizza would be bags of coke. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know where this guy got the but money. Cheese, it would be like oh, in the box, uh, in the box, and then pot, 
if I, you know, <laughs> and this went on cheese. for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this went in An for, Italian pepper. Yeah. This went on for years, and finally management <laughs> called a meeting, and they go, "We, it's come to our uh, <laughs> awareness that you guys have uh, been, uh, and, they, and they called us on it, but they realized that everyone on the staff was guilty, so they would have had to fire their entire yeah. staff. So just like so they just go, other. guys, from now on, no more, and then, then they yeah. But it was like... Um, and when something's an epidemic, they're just like, just stop the behavior. We yeah. can't fire anybody. They couldn't fire the whole fire. gang. So, so we were lucky. Tell the movie story, because Frazier got a movie deal. This is fascinating. Well, uh, do you remember a guy named Jack Handy? He Jack, used to, deep Thoughts Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy yeah, yeah, yeah. on Saturday Night Live. He was a writer, and he was a writer with Steve Martin. He wrote a lot of Steve Martin stuff for his stand-up. And, oh, really? And wrote with Steve and wrote The Jerk, co-wrote The Jerk, I think. And then or, he went to Saturday Night Live? Uh, yeah, yeah oh, they wow. went to Saturday Night Live, and he was a great writer. And um, I was big, and I want, and I had an idea for a movie, and I was meeting with all the movie studios, and I was an idiot. I didn't know how to write anything. Just because you were a star. Except a couple of jokes. A yeah. radio star. Yeah. And I really, at that point, it did get to my head a little bit. I thought, I can do anything. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> also, there might, might have been something with the pizzas full of content. Well, also, we would, you know what else? We would do these little skits. Coke doesn't little, make you seem more powerful. <laughs> I would get all these, these yeah, that always helps. I, I would get uh, these guys. I had the best voice guys in town working for me one of them was dave coulier from the store here he was working for you to do voice like, yeah yeah like weird voices yeah and <laughs> i had the best guys uh and another guy was named frank welker he did all the cartoon voices maurice lamarche did you have him uh he worked with me a little bit too and i had all the top guys so i would i would do the um skits you know movie parodies so I started thinking, wow, these are pretty. They were big with the fans. I thought, well, I know how to write movies. You know, I like these, yeah. <laughs> these five minute sketches, right? I heard these movies are big. Yeah. So I was a complete idiot, but they, they, they sensed that and they put me with Jack Handy, okay. who I didn't know. And Did I you get Jack- the choice of writers and you recognized his name? Yeah, you that's Steve exactly Martin. what yeah. happened. They ran a bunch of guys by me and I said, I want him because that's Steve Martin's guy. Okay. So uh, I, I get with this guy, and we start writing this thing. It was called Cool Patrol. And it was about yeah. a dysfunctional uh, secret agent group that were that was led by Leon Spinks, and uh, <laughs> who, who was heavyweight champ at that time. And and I and you know he was getting in all those driving things. He had about a million DUIs in a row. So I made him the the limo driver. Yeah, and he was the limo driver guy. And um, uh, and it was like a dysfunctional uh, secret agent crew. So, uh, if I do say so, I thought it came out very well, the first draft, and I had nothing to do with it. It's just Jack Handy. And yeah, you Jack Handy like, was... Make his name Bob. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. That's <laughs> what I would do. Bill I was Bob a complete and, and was like, idiot. Okay, fine. And he was great. Yeah. And, and so, we got a first draft that wasn't going to go, because it still needed a lot of work, but it got us enough to get paid. We each got a chunk of money. And, like how much? Uh, I think we each got like 40 grand. So, this is the option of the movie? Yeah, that, was, that the term. Yeah. But yeah, well, is it well it's like something separate because it's already with the production company. No, it's already in. Yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah. It's in. It, it, what was that was basically just a first an draft. Order. They it was ordered a first the draft, second. and then they ordered it. Okay, there was it was a buy. Forty grand. That's, yeah. that's a year, especially then. Back then, yeah, we that's each a, got a full year. We each salary. got, I think, thirty-five, forty if you're grand. Poor. And then I think this but, is what like eighty eighty five. Well, for me that was unbelievable because I'd never written anything. But Jack Handy, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was probably, it was probably a pittance for him. Jack Handy was thinking, you, yeah, this how is, you make money at writing. Like, yeah. eh, just find some. Also, money he's thinking, I wrote eighty grand worth of movie. <laughs> yeah, written on an old time. Yeah, he did all the work. So the movie's called Cool Patrol. Cool Patrol. And then uh, and then I had 
then the station adopted it. They adopted it as their as their promotional thing. They had these vans with cool patrol. That was oh, their thing. That's nice. They're pushing you. Well, yeah. Until later, they kept it for ten years after I left. But in fact, they're still using it. I think. <laughs> it, you know, cool but, but but so what happened was I was it was building with my boss, and I was really not getting along with him. And uh, I'm sure some of that was my fault. Some was probably his. But in either case, I was re- I'd had it even with my big job, and I thought, great, now I'm in the movies. I ain't gonna make it. So, so I've I get, heard this already so many times, not from you, but from the people. Like, this, fuck you, I'm big. And you're like, wait till the, your one thing comes out at least. Right. So he, but he's he got the forty thousand. So I got my money. I'm riding yeah. high. I get on the air the next day, and I go, you know what? I go, I won't be needing this station much longer. I said, you know, because <laughs> I just sold a script to MGM, and I want to tell you something. These jackasses that run this place. They're idiots. I go, they don't know what they're doing. I didn't swear, but I go, so-and-so, he's a moron. You named him by name? Yeah. So-and-so, he's a dick. I go, he tried to have my car towed last week because I parked in his spot. Why would he do that? And then I would would just, and I went off. So return to your rant. Do you realize what they're doing? Yeah, but I was much more calm. I go, do you realize what (laughs) they do to you? Here, people think I've got it made. I go, these guys told me I couldn't have Spinal Tap on. I couldn't. I started listing all the stuff, right? All the mistakes they made. And I hear this pounding on the window. (laughs) And it's it's my engineer. I had locked the door. I had this pounding. Because you knew you were The about engineer, to do? yeah. The engineer yeah. was pounding on the door, and I kept going, waving him off. Larry, get out of here. He was my news guy, not my engineer. And I was going to get out of here, Larry. And, and he he's kept trying pounding. to stop you. Trying to, yeah. I look over. He's holding up a copy of that morning's LA Times, the, the headline of the calendar section Studio Head Fired. <gasps> they fired the guy that greenlit our movie. Oh. It was a massive scandal. It was the Bagelman uh, scandal where With, he apparently kited a check to Cliff Robertson. And yeah. Cliff Robertson actually... Uh, Portland Trailblazers? No, the uh, guy, the AT&T guy from the 80s. <laughs> and he's also Peter Parker's uh, uncle in Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. So it was a big thing where they told, Pete, they told Cliff, don't turn him in. He did anyway. He was blackballed for years. This guy was gone for just... Just a year, but just long enough to ruin... Ruin my life. Well, if yep. you would see the newspaper. So I see it, and I stop, and I'm like, oh, it was too uh, far down the line. Fuck <laughs> There's me. nothing I could do. So I had let the cat out of the bag. So I really... I was, <laughs> you must have felt horrible right then. Well, in that I, moment, yeah, you like, can just oh. imagine... And and your safety uh, net was just taken away, right? Uh, and and I was uh, oh, it was a nightmare. Not a safety net. His chopper out of mail. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So here's my question. Did your song "Cool Patrol" come out before or after this? Have you heard about his? his you wrote a well, song. Well, I was playing. No, no, yeah, not right. He did two songs. I was cool playing Patrol, "Cool Patrol." I gotta find. I that. was Cool Patrol. I was playing. I had the MP3s. While well, I was on. I do want them. Yeah. Can well, we put I was them on the website? Writing the movie. Yeah. Is there was, a problem? I don't know. No, I don't know what happened to them. Remember, I gave it to. Uh, I have them. Oh, you have it. Do you mind if we put them up? No, that's fine. So I, I had. I'll send them to you. Cool Patrol. I had cut that with the Surf Punks, my buddies. What? Yeah, the surf punks. I'll tell you about them in a minute. And anyway, I had this thing, and I, and I, uh, it, it was it was huge on the radio. That's what got me the idea to write the movie. I thought, well, I'm going to write the movie about the Cool Patrol, and and so the song was buzzing, and everyone was talking about it. And then that I got fired a week later, killed everything. My career was in a downhill slide that I don't think has ever stopped. So you got fired <laughs> off that, and then that was it. That's how you. That was it. the summit. That's- yeah. I just kind of went. You <laughs> thought that was just you were. It was a pit stop where you were about to take off, and that was the absolute peak. Yeah, I was at the peak, and I went straight down. The song "Cool Patrol," by the way, sounds like uh, Dead Kennedy's knockoff. It's really great. Yeah, well, that was great. thanks, David. It was the, it was a, that era, and you know, and and uh, I'll tell you about it in a minute. I better run and get. <laughs> yeah, go go get her off. That's really cool. 
Sorry. Are you we glad you on? remember that what? Yeah. Uh, that song, yeah, because I totally forgotten. I actually, he emailed me the song, so we have two of them. It does, it's really cra- We'll put them up. It's, okay. It's really awesome, and I'll it's bizarre. I'll put it in, this, in, the, in, the, uh, in this episode. Here's how I found out about it. it one, one night I came up to him and I said, Fraser, you're like Rick Dees, right? And he said, yeah, oh yeah, buddy, yeah. I said, well, why There's only you- one Rick Dees. That's not a bunch of them. I said, right? but you were like Rick Dees. And he said, oh yeah, buddy. I go, well, why didn't you have your disco duck? He goes, oh, don't you know about my song Cool Patrol? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, oh no, yeah, yeah, buddy. So he actually got it. I think somehow it was in. Oh, it was on record. He had it on record, and our friend Jason Lucas ripped it to MP3. The funny thing is that no one knows this about Fraser. Like he's the most unassuming. He's like straight the, legs. He wears a suit every imagine, time I see him. Yeah, if the accountant at your workplace, the nicest accountant at your workplace, was a punk rock DJ from the seventies, suit. He always wears a suit. Yeah, it's incredible. He's a good Christian. Everybody, by the always way, nice. Always just to help people. Maybe the oh, most liked the comedian factory, I've buddy. ever met. Yeah. He's genuinely a good person, and everybody loves him. Yeah. Even, and these are comedians don't like people. <laughs> they hate a no, lot we, of people. Most really people. Did. Remember, he was gonna. We were gonna have him run for mayor of the comedy store. Oh yeah, the big mayor. Already. Yeah, was it? Who was it? Was him against? I believe it was him against Joe Rogan. No, and, no, no. It was him against. No, it was I Joe it was Rogan. The impressionist. Guy. No, Kevin Rook was his running mate. Kevin was Joe Rogan's running Frazier mate. and Kevin Rook and Joe Rogan's running mate was Brody Stevens. Uh, I thought of Mike Black. Oh fuck! Was it Mike Black? No, because remember and then Joe Rogan was the vice president. I thought Joe Rogan was unhappy about who he had been paired with as vice president. Like, why do I get him as vice president? Why can't I thought I... Joe Rogan was the vice president of that guy? I got to find the Gazette. Oh yeah, we got to find the Gazette. Somebody ought to digitize the Gazette. Yeah, absolutely. Can someone do that? Uh yeah. What's the story with that? Was it well, just Ryan or O'Neill? It was, it was O'Neill and Danish who did it with. Um, Bialik? Dan Bialik. He actually he, did he all the computer stuff. stuff. Yes. Now, the reason that Don Barris kept saying it was me is that Barris knew it was O'Neill and Danish because Barris was the one who actually handed it physically out at the store. Barris did that. Yes, but he wanted to allay the suspicion oh. of O'Neill and Danish, so he kept saying it was me, and people believed it. There was, this, there was this newspaper that was just suddenly appeared at the Comedy Store called the Comedy Store Gazette. It was inspired about six by pages. The Simpsons. Remember the Simpsons went to live with Bob, uh, the uh, Flanders, and it was like the Flanders Gazette? <laughs> yeah. This just in. <laughs> uh, Bob and Tom stink. This is just Rob, no, it's like Rob, is, Rob smells. He goes, where are your sources on this? <laughs> I'm going to question your sources. <laughs> yeah. Why, why are there stink lines coming out of <laughs> Uh, it was the, by the way, I would have been thrilled to have written it, but it was really, really It was fun. so good. They had a John Caparulo um, uh, horoscope. Not horoscope. Weather. No, horoscope. Horse horoscope, right. yeah. They made fun of Brett. They made fun of everybody. Everybody in such a great way. Perfectly. They really Some got it. Some people ought to digitize that. There were two, two, two well, versions of it. We can find a it. copy. We'll digitize it. I have one copy. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to give that away. Two issues. It's, by the way, you know how easy it is to digitize one. it? It's just run it through a scanner we have in this room. And then they recognize the... Um, Type. We just put it right up as JPEG. Just pictures? No, no, no. You got to put it up real. What? What do you mean? If you're going to do it, do it right. You have, mean have right. one of those things that recognize the type and just like. So okay, can, well, like, we can do that nice. too then, Ari. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Great. It's solved. You're doing it, by the way. Okay. All right. I'm going to pause this until Fraser gets back. This is up. Okay. As soon as nine minutes is up, you can go back in there. So where do we leave off? Oh, you get fired. I got fired. So I, I you know, then I go to KMET. No, 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 no. We actually where got laid off on Cool Patrol. Oh, Cool Patrol. Oh, yeah. Well, Cool Patrol had, and then. So the movie, the guy gets fired. You know what always happens. The, the, it goes yeah, in what they call turnaround, uh-huh. which means you're done. Yeah. 
you know, sometimes... Somebody politically comes in and says no to all their projects. Right, because the new guy doesn't want to have any of the old guy's stuff. Yeah. Well, what happened to the song, Cool Patrol? The Cool Patrol song just made it as like a local hit. Now, weren't you playing it a lot and your bosses were like, enough with this song? They were getting fed up with me in general. That's why I went off on the tirade. Because they <laughs> they were, won't even play Cool Patrol? I want to play Cool Patrol four times a day. These fucking idiots. Well, you know what it was? You know what it, you know what it was? I had great ratings and then every time they messed with the show, they went down. Down. And it was also the uh, and then advent. You get blamed. Yeah, and then they blame you. It was a catch twenty two. You couldn't it's get like around. TV's it. the same sort of way, right? Yeah. Have you well, heard those sure. Same sort of stories. And you say, "Listen, don't mess with that, guys. That's what's making me number one." They go, "Sorry, that's what we're doing." Then when they did that, you dropped. Like then they, they blame you. Yeah. And yeah. then they'd say, "Well, your ratings stink." Uh, you know. So they kept doing that to me, and I could tell what they were doing. They were trying to get rid of me. Yeah. Because it had become too toxic. It. And it was partially my fault because what, what happened with me? Wife. Well, when you're <laughs> no, that might have been part of it, yeah. but when you're when you're young, you have this thing of, you know, I, I, I say I was getting wiser, but I wasn't that wise. I was thinking still you're combative. You yeah, know, yeah, I didn't yeah. like people telling me what to do and what not to do. Not in some kind of arrogant star way. But like you would never, t- if they were like, maybe you should uh, try but to I'm, be nicer up front. You'd be like, fuck you, instead of like, maybe you're right. Yeah, I was getting a little bit too like that. Yeah. Because they were taking me down. And I could feel them taking me down, so I started to get angry Fighting about it. Fighting back. And I also could see that it was personal. It wasn't just the guy with his wife. It was the sales staff was getting mad at me, and everyone was getting mad at me. And really, I was bringing, millions of, I was bringing millions of dollars into that stu- station. Because you were so popular. Yeah. And, and I was a good with the salespeople. I would go out and do their, their personal appearances where the other jocks couldn't do that. You know, from my stand-up. So why did they like you? Well, they didn't like me because I would... Um, do jokes about the sponsors uh-huh. and they would say hey don't do the jokes about the sponsors and i go the sponsors don't care and when you're the big guy they don't care if you goof on them as long as you're mentioning them right but then the problem is i'm sure whatever complaints they had were leveled at the salespeople, and well, you never uh, had to hear a word right about yeah. that too sometimes like what the fuck you're not supposed to make fun of the sponsors and you're like yeah but that's not me that's them you're like no we have rules well it could also be the sponsors are going to yell at the what, salespeople, and then fraser's not gonna hear a word right? well what else yeah, they would do right. what else they would do and and tell me if i'm wrong about this they, I, I, I'd look in the paper. Somebody would say, hey, I hear you're going to be at so-and-so. I go, what? And I go, yeah, you're appearing at so-and-so. And yeah. I go, what are you talking about? So I'd look in the paper. They'd have me uh, booked somewhere without telling me. Oh. And I go, wait a minute, guys. I go, you have to check with me before you just... Did you make night, extra right? money for the sales appearance? You know, I, I did on some and I didn't on some. Okay. And some you did, some you didn't. You had to do a certain requisite amount requisite amount but then there was others where they would pay you but but uh, on this one was a non-payer and it was something that i had said i didn't want to uh, i didn't even know about so i said well i'm not going to do it and they go you have to do it it's in your contract check you your draw contract. a line of the sand for no reason so yeah so then i you know as, as a young guy didn't realize that i thought i'm sticking up for myself you know and sometimes when you stick up for yourself you hurt yourself but I just was yeah. like, look, I'm not you. And it was a, a thing of semantics. So then, because what, uh, well, what I meant was, it was kind of like, look, what, what is the wording in the contract ex- exactly? Uh, right. It doesn't say you can advertise me when I don't know about it. Right. 
Well, it says you have to do an appearance if we want you to do the appearance. Yeah, but you can't put me you in the paper. You can't say my name, my draw. Yeah. yeah. I said, that's my draw. It's my name. That's all. Because I'd been reading Lenny Bruce's book, and he said, all a comic has is his name. Well, he you know steals what? steals my purse, steals trash. The, that's Othello. <laughs> well, you know what? It is pretty stupid. But that. I did say, well, listen, it's still wrong to put my name in an advertisement in the paper without at least asking me. What if I had some other show that night? Or yeah. what if I had... So, uh, By the way, you didn't have a show that night, but you're just making this on a... I really, but I can, I I can see the point. I, I can see why you're too bullheaded to stick with it, but I can see the point of like, the shit comes up. You can't just fucking schedule me without any mention. You have to give me weeks. You know, here's the thing. Well, Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're in the right here, and the thing is, if this argument had worked out, you would say, that was a good thing I argued for, but now that you know, it's yeah. easy when to it think of it this way. You're yeah. right. I worked with a lady once, and she was like, we're talking about strikes, and she said, yeah, we were on strike at Eastern Airlines. We were the... Uh, Whatever. And I was like, how'd that work out? And she goes, have you heard of Eastern Airlines lately? You know who was a scab pilot for Eastern Airlines? Who? My father. Oh, really? <laughs> they fired all the pilots. They brought in scabs. Nice. Wow. Well, that's something. You, but, you know, this thing, it was um, the thing that got me on this one. This was my fault. Yeah. This was one of the worst moves I've ever made in my life. Um, well, I went and did the gig. And I kept a smile on the whole time. And uh, I, I, I did the best I could, and I was very friendly and warm to everybody. Yeah. But then, uh, but I was fuming. So then later, a couple, like a week later, this uh, ass, uh, program assistant said, "Hey, they're coming in. They want to give you an award, a uh, award from the city for doing this." I go, "No, what?" I go, I go, "I did this thing for you guys. It's a non-paying thing, but I didn't wasn't real happy with. It. I don't want the award. Well, they want to give it to you." So it was a photo op, and I was there, and my boss and everybody were smiling. So I'm walking out, and I threw the thing in the trash. But it was one of these things where no one would have seen it except that they had just emptied the trash in one of those old metal trash cans. So it made a, so it made a clang. <laughs> and it was an EF Hutton moment. Everyone turned and saw that I'd thrown the award away. So then I got suspended. Uh, Never so right in their face. You know, my friend who was... Uh, what was mil- wrong with me? I don't my know. friend was a millionaire in software and lost his job and a year of options because he threw core values plaques in the trash and people saw him do it really it's like such a strong visual image that's why they fired him well it's such a punk move it was a it's punk like really move. had to throw it out in but front so, of them you couldn't wait until you were on the block and are you right i yeah. mean first of all that was my my you mean punk rock or punk that was the punk, punk rock head. coming yeah, out in me fucking punk that i still did <laughs> same thing that i still didn't have out of me you know so I, it was the stupidest move ever and i was so mad and I remember, uh, and it cost me the girl I was dating then. She bailed on me. She goes, that was stupid. By the way, that wasn't the right girl for you. you she know bailed why? on you Probably because not. you she lost should. the job? Well, I've she, seen this before, too. She thought I was acting. Um, she goes, what are you doing to your career? That's, by the way, that's bad news. Yeah, but she left you over that? She's just I like, took, shouldn't do that. Ari, you, I've seen like, this. Adam had her. his girlfriend leave him at the same time. And you know really? why? What? That was a girl who didn't care about you. It's a girl who wanted somebody just who was like high up. Career. She wanted yeah. a position. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's that's not somebody you want, period. No, that, you're right about However, that. However, I'm sure she was super hot. So She was pretty hot. Bad move. <laughs> but I mean, it was more about the territory. no support. You know, yeah. it's like I didn't get support when I needed, but I was wrong. Yeah. And I'm not saying everything that I did was right. I made plenty of mistakes like that. That was really stupid. But at the same token, they were trying to get my goat. Underly- yeah. The underlying message of that was, to me, was, we're going to book you on shit that you don't know about, and you got to do it. And we're going to do this. They were doing stuff to taunt me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just me imagining that. Because I'd cut out the coke and everything. They were trying to fuck with you. They were trying so to you fuck got with rid of you. And you can feel that. You can yep. feel that at any job. And you've, I've seen that. Where, when like you're Tony after, after that stuff with, with what's her name? 
Well, when Tony fucked our general manager's skank girlfriend, uh, he fucked with her. He wouldn't he tell anybody, and I would told him like, "You better be on time every single shift from now on." Well, yeah, that's the I, thing. I've lost jobs where they started to they figure we want to get rid of you, and they just start pushing your buttons, and then they start. Well, you know when you're going to lose a job when they start writing what you're doing and they present it to you in a letter like, <laughs> yeah. we just want to write yep. down." That's I got your, that too. That when you see that, you might as well really? quit because you're going to be yeah. fired within weeks. The guy said, "You should see your file." Yeah, <laughs> and you're like a file. I have a file. My mother had a file. My mother was a teacher in Florida, and she lost Can I get her them on stage and come back. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. My mother was a teacher in Florida. She went yeah. from one school to another, but they were getting rid of her because she was old. So they were about to move her. So they started giving her stuff in writing, and she refused to sign it because there were grammatical errors. <laughs> they got rid of her anyway. Really? Yeah. It's feeling like those moments. You're just like, oh, you're just fucked. You know when you're about to lose a job, and it, it's very little you can do because it's like a relationship. There was that scene in Soul Man. Remember when they're following and the cop is following him? He's yeah, like, profile. Yeah, the cop is just following, like ten feet behind him in his car, and he's driving, waiting twenty-two miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Somebody opens up their their door on yeah. the street, and he has to swerve to get around it. Mm-hmm. And they like turn on the siren, like <laughs> switching lanes without a without a blinker. Yep, we can pull you over. They, it's like with a relationship, and you know the girl wants to dump you, and she's just looking for the thing, and it's just over, and you know yeah. it's over. She's waiting for an excuse so she doesn't have to feel so bad. Uh-huh. About it. And you're trying, you're like. Bah, 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 and, you, it's and just then, so then later they can be like, well, he came in late. Yep. They're always looking for that reason, looking for that pretext. Um, all right. So a few more questions and then we can get out of here. But this okay. is good so far, by the way. Oh, I've had fun, man. Thank you for doing it. The um, first question I think that you were telling is what? who's fucking at work? Because I remember there's a yeah, story. Was there a lot of fucking going on at work? You had a story about a, a Christmas party where there was some flirting going on with the boss's wife. I think things came to a head. Well, no, though. That's what, what happened there was that was kind of the showdown was uh, the boss, the word was out that he was getting a divorce. This guy that was mad at me already. And there'd been this battling going on back and forth. So we had our Christmas party. And um, the, uh, no, nothing was going on weird. But I'm at the party. I'm with a date. I had a uh, a date. And, and, you know, it was was up at Universal City at the uh, Chinese restaurant up there. We were having a, you know, good time. Everybody's having a good time. I'm walking along, and his ex-wife was there. Now everyone knew they were getting a divorce, but she was there. still at the party. Why I have are no women so retarded. I guess guys. She's do not it too. retarded. She wasn't retarded at all. She knew exactly what she was doing. Well, oh, yeah. she was coming to make his life hell. You're I think right. that's I'm what was going like, on, David. She didn't that's know what right. She was doing, but she knew exactly she knew what, exactly she was what doing. she's yeah. doing. So what happened was this. Shouldn't say retarded. It, it wasn't. We had nothing going on, me and this girl. Yeah. Nothing at all. But she saw me at the party. You know how sometimes when you're really blasted at a party, you'll do weird stuff. She ran over to me and wrapped, jumped on top of me and, and, and wrapped her legs around me and stuck her tongue down my throat. By the way, that wasn't about her being blasted. But it was. But it was. Huh. It, it didn't seem. Yeah. No, but it didn't seem. Like she really meant it in any, believe it or not, it like in any joking. sexual, it was a goof. Yeah. Like anyone would do at a Christmas party. Yeah. Yeah. She was just being sloppy and wacky. It was like and, if Eleanor had done it today. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. But, but I'd like to make a point here. Yeah. Okay. You have an ex wife. Eleanor's not going to divorce, you. right? Yeah. Who's divorcing you yeah. and knows that this is the person you hate more than anything in the world. Oh yeah. Well, and I did nothing. I mean, I, I didn't even. I was. I was like, hey. I barely whoa. stuck my thumb into her <laughs> asshole. <laughs> 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 the surface. Look, yes, I came, but I was already there. <laughs> well, it was one of those another EF Hutton moment for me. Rounding the corner, like right out of a movie, is the boss and his entire sales staff. <laughs> uh. His little, you know, gaggle of 
Uh, and so they all and had a horrified look on their face and stormed off in the other direction. And I'm like this, ah. Guys, if you could see the context, you'd know that there was really nothing. There the really was. Yes. But, but you see, it was all leading up to that in a weird way anyway. Because what you said, David, they were doing stuff anyway yeah. to me. And, and so then when they see it, my grandmother had this. where she, There was this, I guess, grandson-in-law. She ran the family. And there was one of the or her children's kids married somebody that they didn't like because right. he smoked cigarettes. They didn't like it. Right. And one day he would go over to visit his not real grandmother, his by marriage grandmother, you know, my grandmother. Right. Um, he went over to visit with her every Friday just to spend time with her. And one day he looked under the pot to see what she was cooking. And they were like, you don't do that. You don't look <laughs> under someone's pot. It's disgusting behavior. And I was thinking, like, I do that to her all the time. Yep. Whenever I'm here, I look at what she's cooking. It's delicious. Yes. You're but right, Ari. they wanted to latch on to something, so they, so they would. That's what it is. That's what, what my what grandfather liked to say is, when you're wanted, you can do no wrong. Yeah. And the opposite is true. When you know, that's wanted, a real good point, Dave. Yeah. He had a good point, your grandfather. Because that's really how it is. When they wanted me, they did everything to get me in that job. Yeah. When they want you out, and you can feel it. And what Any was weird about it was, I was at the top. So why were you trying to undermine me? I didn't get it, but I did get it later. They just didn't like my power. You know, I got a lot of power. Right. And, and, and you know, what's, what's funny for me today, what's weird for me today is They that, want to maintain their control for their jobs. Yes, exactly. So they can keep everybody down. Yeah. Not everybody down so much, but just they don't want a bunch of prima donnas. I can understand that. Yeah. But, but I don't think I had a real prima donna attitude. Of course, but, you didn't think that because you were a coked up star. Well, that's true, too. Now, but, did, did you go to AA a lot? Did you do that stuff? No, I didn't do the AA thing. I'm, I have a rare thing where I can drop anything. Because you talk, the way you talk is like someone who is like, I get their side of things. Well, I do now. What is that from? I, I, uh, time. Okay. As you get older, you have more perspective. I certainly wouldn't want a jury. You know, it's, it's the Terrell Owens story. It, you know, yeah. Terrell Owens was the best player, uh, arguably, an uh, offensive player anyway, in football for a couple of years. Yeah. You couldn't stop him. He was scoring touchdowns right and left, but no one wanted him. Yeah. And, 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 and because he really was a dick, and he was a, he, he was a cancer in the locker room, as they say. To be around. It's yeah. like, but hey, then, winning. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, we're winning. But then, what? the second he lost half a step, he was gone. He was yeah. gone. And see, my thing was, I never got, the, what hurt my feelings was, I never had that bad attitude, I don't think. Maybe I did, but I don't think I did. I may have had a few moments like that, but I was always pretty cordial to everybody. I mean, even when I threw that thing in the trash, that was a rare moment for me. Usually I was really nice to the sales staff. I had a business-like mindset. And, um, you know, and, and where it hurts me today, where my feelings get hurt today, a lot of people say, do you miss the big... Uh, you know, uh, platitude that you had. No, I don't really miss it because as I mature, I realize that that's not all that, you know, you know, so I, I don't miss that. What I do miss is the pussy, the pussy I miss, you know, uh, no, you know what I really miss is the fact that when I go into clubs now, I have to deal with the same thing that everybody else does. In other words, club owners would never mess with me back in the day because I could fill the room like that. So, you know, oh. they would, so I never got messed with. Yeah. So now today, pretty, people are still pretty nice to me and pretty cordial. But every once in a while, a club owner will pull, or somebody will pull something that I go, they never could have pulled that back in the day. Yeah, I heard Louis C.K. talking about this. He goes, talking about bumping and like the ability just to go on wherever he wants to go on. He goes, yeah. I'm at the point where pretty much whenever I go to any comedy club anywhere, I can say, do you mind if I go on next? And they'll put me on next. And he goes, and it won't always be like that. I'm going to lose that privilege. Well, he knows that. Yeah. See, and, and see, 
Most people don't know that, though. I don't need... I some don't people graduate to a point when... Actually, yeah. It's, it's, Most people assume this will go on forever. And well, yeah. Hubris. Some people even go beyond and then... They become movie stars or something, yeah. yeah. And then just leave. Well, you know what? Yeah. It's, it's, it, 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 it leaves you realizing, wow, everybody else has got it tough. Oh, you yeah. know, people have to really scrape to get where they want to go. I got the, you know, the uh, plush treatment for years. And I didn't even realize it. Now I realize it. What you had. Yeah. Because I was playing with lineups here at the store, for example, that I didn't belong on. You know, I, I wouldn't get up very. Enough. I wouldn't get up that often anyway. But I'd be up on there lined up with with Robin Williams and 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 uh, Leno and Letterman, and I was by far the worst performer. And you are because of your radio. Fame. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And you know, so I didn't. Just, did you get better reception like from audiences because you were on the radio? Not really. The great thing about stand up is you can't. You know, you'll get. They always say you get five minutes, yeah. if that. Yeah. And you know what? That's the great thing about it. Because I would get up there and I'd get uh, huge standing O applause, bless you. And it, more than even Robin Williams and the big, I got huge applause. And then I couldn't follow that applause. I was just, I was very mediocre at best. And, um, and, and, you know, I'd have nights where I was okay, but I wasn't good. And, you know, and, and I would get up there and I'd be like, wow, I don't really deserve to be here. The crowds you can't fool. Within five minutes, they'd be silent. Wow, yeah, I bet. You know? Yeah. And so I learned from that. I learned, do your homework. Work hard. You know, then you deserve it. You know, when you do stand-up, you have to work hard to get there. So we all know that now, and that's I know that now. If you could have done stuff differently, like what would you change? What I wouldn't have done was made it a battle. Okay. I would have let them push me around a little bit more. You know? Uh, or tell them, like, maybe, like... I, I don't like it that way, but yeah, if you want me to, I yeah. will, but it's really not a good idea. Have, in other words, confront them, but confront them in a more cordial way. Did you not have a manager or an agent to fight these I battles had a man- for you? Yeah, I had a manager, but that worked against me. I had the biggest manager in the business because I got with Jerry Weintraub and Management for, 3. Well, you had Weintraub as your manager? Yeah, they were the biggest. They were Management the 3? Yeah, they had, Trump, they had Sinatra. Yeah. They had wow. Heyday Sinatra. They wow. had they had. There was an HBO special about him last year. Springsteen. They had uh, uh, what's uh, he did Elvis every big star. Every, he had Elvis and Fraser Smith. Yeah, Fraser Smith. I was the lowest guy by far on his roster, and he picked me up. And they cost me some big stuff because they were concentrating on their big acts. I don't blame oh, them. I don't blame them. You. They were ignoring me, but NBC was calling like crazy because they wanted me to do a, sh- a show. They, oh, they, yeah, NBC, Jesus. and they wouldn't return their call. <laughs> Just like what we talked about. Yeah. yeah so yeah. later, the head of NBC said, "Screw Fraser Smith." Yeah. How many times are you going to call? Yeah. Before you realize, like, I don't care anymore. It's funny too. And, they won't blame Jerry Weintraub. No, they'll just blame you. The Weintraub guy. There was a guy there who was kind of like a mobby type guy that was their head lieutenant at the place. And, and he scared everybody. Their and, capo. Yeah. And he kind of went and exactly. And he went to the uh, radio guys and go, Hey, phrase, give phrase, whatever he wants, you know? And, and that worked against me because they were like, we're not going to be bullied around by these guys. And <sighs> yeah, you know, they pushed too much. I had managers yeah. do that. Yeah. That, that, that thing for the, the amazing racist stuff. They yeah. were, Demanding like first class flights for a premiere. I'm like, there's no premiere. I better run out there. Film. Then. Okay, go, uh, guys. Thank you. Are we done, or do we do one more? L- one last one. Okay. After you get this person off, All right. <laughs> and then we'll be finished. All right, cool. um, yeah, they were like holding it up, and I was like, what? Oh, and the lawyers were like telling me why the manager would tell me what the lawyers were fighting over. I'm like, I don't even give a fuck. Well, we're on set. I just want to go. I don't want to think about this. Well, I mean, ultimately, isn't it that? It's the to me, point. but they're trying to fight for the most of me. They but, fight, but then you can just back away and say, I'm being a nice guy. I mean, isn't that kind of the whole point of having representation? Yes, you absolutely can. And then you can say, hey, I don't want that. Or, hey, I have to be off on weekends. Okay. Or whatever you want, but you have to let them know 
So they'll fight for it. I don't really have any indication about how much that reflects on you, but apparently with Frazier reflected poorly. I guess so. Well, if you don't call him back. Yeah, that's not returning. Just like the manager we're talking about, who the yeah. VH1 people called and they lost a. It's like they called three times, like, uh, all right, uh, then uh, we'll find we someone call? else. Because uh, also it's the same as somebody just not interested in, like, I don't care. Don't yeah. fucking call him back. We're almost finished. We're almost at, we're in the home stretch. I've had a lot of fun. Thanks. <laughs> Good to hear it. So uh, uh, you're way more calm now. Yeah, you're Jesus out a little bit. What, what's your well? Deal? I mean, I, I am a Christian. Okay, and, and uh, but I don't uh, think that's. I, I, I think there's a natural calmness as you get older. Yeah, that you just don't have that rebellious spirit. But my, my dad finally got like that in terms of like kosher stuff and things like that. Where eventually it's like, eh, it's my son. I don't really care. You know, I was one of these guys though that was like, yeah. When I was younger, I was my stupidity fueled yeah. everything I did. I didn't know. Uh, that I wasn't invincible. Yeah. And, and you know, the other thing that happens is you watch friends pass away, you watch friends OD, you watch friends... Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff have happened to a, a lot of my friends who I came up with. And so you start going, wow, we're not invincible. Right. You know? And, and, and I was one of those kids who was just impetuous when I was younger. I would just do whatever, and I thought nothing... I go, okay, if I lose this gig, I'll get another one. You know, I didn't have... Which is the good and the bad. It's what drives you to Los Angeles, but then... You're right. And then and then I would take anybody on. You know, you know about fighting. I'm not a fighter, yeah. but I would take anybody on. I didn't care if I got beat up. I didn't care. Really? Yeah, I was one of these guys who would do... You know, I was on drugs. I was on uh, drugs. Yeah. You know, and I, and I was like... But I mean, uh, when I say take people on, I mean uh, in an argument. I mean, you know, I, I never That's argument yeah. argue with anybody now. But back then, I was always like, "No, you can't do that. Tell me that." Just be combative for the yeah, sake of combat. Yeah, because yeah. Because I was, you know, twenty three and stupid. Yeah. And and, and um, I really uh, regret some of that because. I probably would be a lot further ahead today if I hadn't been so combative and weird. I was re- thinking about that recently where it's like somebody will say something and it's some, some part of me, some instinct in me goes, wants to be like, well, it's not completely true. Sometimes it's not like that. But then I'm like, no one enjoys that, Ari. Instead, focus on the parts that are true. I'm like, wow, really? That's cool. Well, sure. That's what you learn as you get older is that uh, just because you win the argument doesn't mean you win the, the war. war yeah. In fact, you usually don't because no one needs a know-it-all around. <laughs> yeah, and no one, no likes, one likes somebody that thinks they're always right. And it I took- feel like this part of the show is directed towards me. <laughs> yeah, well, I it's not. I was looking at you. At you, you, but, but, David, you know what? Yeah, but you're yeah. a lot smarter than I am. You know what? You really are. You're, you, you know, yeah, but you, nobody he, wants to hear. David has like, that edgy quality where he, he doesn't like to take shit and he'll, and you too. Yeah. You, you guys will speak up for yourself. So in other words, we have the part of our uh, careers that ruin yours. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> our personalities are No, I think are you guys on... will get way past that because you're both smarter than me. I've calmed down a lot too. I have calmed down. You guys have both calmed down the last couple years, but you're also very intelligent guys so you're not going to have a problem you're going to figure out just how far you can go because you can you can still be edgy well and you can Frazier. still stick up for yourself so we didn't become but like big you, at 27 you said it yeah. now that's punks. the other thing the yeah. path of excess leads to the castle of wisdom the way you learn that is by that's what i was just thinking it's blake yeah there you go <laughs> i have a question Steve if, if blake played in maryland for a while <laughs> uh very quick question was there any moment of clarity where you realized i've been a real idiot and that's why you became when you became nice because you are again one of the nicest people we know well you know something david uh, something thank, must have happened thank you for saying that i, I yeah. you know i genuinely uh, enjoy people and i think i've always liked people and so that's not a phony thing me being nice to people i really do like them but i i learned what ari just said which is why argue 
if that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, what's the purpose? The purpose of, of winning an argument. Yeah. See, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about another quick thing about when I got fired at another place, and it real th- that may have been my clarifying uh, a moment. Yeah. Was I was working at K Earth radio and it was a it was a bad fit because that's a top 40 station that um doesn't doesn't fit my style either you know right so i um you know i was there and 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 the program director really wanted me there but then his boss had been out of town when he hired me so he saw when his boss came back he saw that his boss did not want me there Oh yeah, I was like too much for I was too rich for that mix. So they wanted me out, and I was doing some great shows. I thought I had all the t- I had Norm on there, and and uh, Lovitz and Shandling and and Dice and everybody. I mean, I had Lopez. They didn't like it. Well, yeah, I was doing great shows. I had the Righteous Brothers. They were still alive. The one guy was still alive. I had the Beach Boys. I had everybody on. This was right after uh, Ghosts too, when the Righteous Brothers. were Yeah, launching. when they were huge. Yeah. So yeah. I had all these great all people right. on the show i thought i was killing but then the guy started in on me every day uh sending me uh you know message email message hey get what are you doing don't ever do that again don't even say that again don't ever just riding me the same guy that wow. brought me in because now he knew his boss wanted me out so they're riding me so i knew better than to explode because i had learned that much by that right. point okay don't explode don't say but i wanted to have ozzy osborne on Who's uh, uh, used to do my KMT show all the time because I was it was a you That's know amazing man, like I wanted to get Ozzy it was Osborne a rock, it was a rock station yeah so I Ozzy would do my show so I wanted to bring him on K Earth and the guy says to me no he's not a K Earth act he bites heads off bats and I said wait a minute I, it was at the height of his TV show oh which what the the, 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 the Osborne, Osborne TV show yeah oh wow yeah. Well, the height of the yeah, height of the show recent. so I said to him I go no I knew you at this point I go you're wrong. I said, this show is, is uh, crossover, he, crossover everybody's watching it. And he goes, no, you don't know, ma- understand mass appeal. I go, I'm afraid I do. I, I said, I was number one in this market for a long time. You have to be a mass appeal guy to get that. He goes, I don't care. That was at a rock station. You don't know what you're talking about. <coughs> I said, well, have you seen today's paper? And he goes, no. So I showed him the front page of the LA Times. It was Sharon and, After that and first Ozzie. time, you read the front page. Sharon, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I learned my lesson. Exactly. Sharon and Ozzie were at the White House shaking hands with Bush. Yeah. <laughs> I go, is that mass appeal enough for you? And, yeah. he, and he, go, he threw the paper down and stormed out. See, so, now at this point, this is when if that guy was a good manager, he'd be like, you know what? But it's really hard. People don't do it. You might be right. If this were a TV show, everybody would applaud, and then you would... Yeah, they would say, you're right, Frazier. I didn't realize this, but no one ever does that. No one does that. And the DJ that was there, who'd been there forever, who's always going to be there because he plays it smart, turned to me and he goes, well, you just won the argument and lost the war. And and, (laughs) that's why I said earlier that I said that. It's, It's... Then it finally sinks in. It sinks in, look, I better go the exact opposite way. I better not be combative. I better not be... You know, getting yeah. uh, in arguments. I better just play it smooth, and that's and be friendly to everybody. And that's what I've been trying to do. And you know, I like people anyway. And I, I just learned that you know, it's better you get more with honey. It's an old saying. Yeah. 
And where are you now in terms of radio? What's this, Well, what's you know, I'll probably never work in radio again. Probably uh, never, huh? No, I had a big offer from the Stern people a year ago that did not work out. Yeah. I would have loved that because I'm a big fan of Howard's and we're the friends. Serious XM? Yeah, and they wanted to hire me for his channel. Okay. And that would have been awesome. And I couldn't make the deal. I, they, they're just, you know, whatever happened, it what didn't happen. Well, I think it might have been a financial thing. I okay. think, you know, Howard took a lot of the money. So I don't think there was enough money to hire me maybe at his channel. So it whatever happened it just went away after about you know seven months of negotiating and uh or it wasn't really negotiating i was just kind of waiting them out and then nothing happened and um so i just don't feel as though that's in the cards for me so what do you do now fraser let well, me tell you a i do story. voiceover stuff and i do, do a okay. lot of mc work and i do some road work on uh, you know with the stand-up okay cool. fraser there was a uh in the i believe it was the 80s a uh somebody who had been on a, a psychic on television who had done some radio and some television had a divorce situation and his he had been paying too much alimony and he went to the family court judge and he said look i need my alimony adjusted downwards and the judge said I'm going to do this because clearly you're never going to make any money ever again. And that person was Regis Philbin. Wow. <laughs> you cannot wow. tell what's going to happen next. No, you don't know. You don't know. And, and the one thing uh, I'll leave you with, because I think I have okay. to run, yeah. is, is I do have one little thing that did occur that's exciting. Um, the Dick Clark Company is going to give me a demo talk show. What? Uh, yeah, it's not a pilot. It's a demo for an internet talk show and on camera, and uh, they want to blow it up. Sure, that's the future. You they, just find you know, your little piece of the pie. The pie's humongous. The internet, I, see, I'd like to be them. the Johnny Carson of the internet. That's what my goal would be. I could see that. I have a Johnny Carson type of vibe. He was my Or hero. the Byron Allen. Uh, could be. Could be. Another guy <laughs> I've known for, for 35 years. For I'm just saying, Byron Allen's got a lot of money, too. And he has been on TV for 30 straight years. Yes, he's dead. But, <laughs> but, you know, I, I'd like to do that. That's a shot for me. That yeah. tapes in May. I've got Dane Cook as my guest, nice. which was nice of him to do. And uh, so I'm excited about that opportunity. Um, oh, one thing some people don't know about you is, I just remember this right now, after that Michael Richards thing. Yeah, uh, but that, that crazy <laughs> tape that everybody saw right at the end of that clip. I, can't, I still can't tell if that was good or bad for you me. You see but. Frazier come back on and try to, as the MC, try to get the crowd back to normalize. And oh, the, the yeah. funny thing too is, all everybody in the world was like, "That's the worst thing we'd ever seen." And Ari and I can tell you, that's not the worst thing you've had to go up after. It's really not. And you know what? That's where my uh, original room training comes in. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, everybody! Uh, I just heard a lot of end bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try to ignore that for a minute. You hear this joke that, about my Impala? If that had happened in the old. I don't think it would have even been a blip. Nobody would have yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's been an interesting ride. You know, it's been an up and down ride for me. Yeah. And I'm hoping to make some kind of move here, maybe with this talk show. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you guys. You know, I'm a big fan of both you guys. I think you're very talented. And uh, I think the store's got the, as good talent as it's ever had. And that's saying a lot yeah. because a lot of big names came out of here. Yeah. And you guys, got are, some good you guys right are as good now. as yeah, any of them. And so what's your podcast on, Toad Hop Network? Uh, Toad Hop, it's Tuesdays, and I don't even know when it runs, but uh, yeah. It's on iTunes, too. All yeah. that stuff's on iTunes. Okay. What's it called? It's just Fraser Smith. Oh, it's okay. the interview with Fraser Smith. How yeah. about Cool Patrol? Cool Patrol. <laughs> or is that still owned by KLOS? KLOS yeah. still owns it, but uh, play it all you like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Okay, that was it, everybody. 
that's the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the F out of it. Um, I did, and I enjoyed finding the music for this. I did. Um, I wish I could have used um, Radio Gaga by Queen, but there was just simply not enough time. I also wanted to use WKRP in Cincinnati. Um, but, you know, things happen. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll use it to play out. This is other cool song. No, I'm not going to. Um, so that's it. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you uh, Again, if you go to Amazon, uh, go through my website, aritheGreat.com, and go there for all my dates. The two big dates that I want everyone to come to are San Francisco in June at Cobbs and, um, and Denver, May 12th, um, for my recording, for my album recording. But I'm also there May 10th and 11th. So tell everybody, let's fill up those shows. Uh, and then plenty of other dates, but they're all on my website. Um, and yeah, Frazier has definitely, since this podcast was recorded, gotten into a fight with the John Lovitz Club, uh, John Lovitz Studio people with that Toad Hop Network, and he was escorted off the premises uh, by security. He's the nicest, sweetest guy. There's no reason you'd ever have to escort him off anywhere, unless he was lost. I could see that. If he was lost, you can escort him, but that's it. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be there on Toad Hop Network or not. Um, I, my, my podcast is still there. Um, not this one, but the other one, Punch Drunk, my sports podcast. Um, uh, so yeah, that's it. Uh, again, Shroom Fest, fucking do it, you guys. If you've ever wondered about mushrooms, fucking do it. Now's the time, July 21st to the 23rd. Okay? Like I said, in the future, maybe I didn't say, no, I didn't say. In the future, I'm going to be splitting up these podcasts. This is too long. So um, I'm going to try to split these up. I'm going to take a break in the middle, uh, get back to them, and do them like over two days or something. Maybe Monday and Wednesday or something like that. Um, maybe Monday and Tuesday. I don't know. But uh, this is the last one of the super longs, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go shorter. I don't know. But anyway, whatever your feelings are, th- throw me a, a note at contact at arithegreat.com. Um, or contact at ariashafir.com and, and, uh, or at Twitter. And then, uh, you know, I'll read them all. Like I said, I don't respond to most of them, but I read them all and they, they, they go into uh, my way of thinking. Um, all right, everybody. Um, that's it. Oh, and also, if you know of any comics who have specific interesting stories that I might not know about, like the Sklar Brothers I'm going to have on eventually talking about being twins, probably. Um, Anything you think I might know about. Obviously, I know they're twins. But, like, anything you might know about that I don't, let me know. And so I can talk to these people about that. I'm always looking for topics um, and interesting people to talk to them about it. I'm still trying to get a cheater on, like someone who cheats a lot uh, or just who cheats consistently. But it's tough because then you have to go on the air talking about cheating. And then if you're cheating, you don't want anybody knowing that. So, uh, especially not the person you're cheating on. So it's hard for me to get somebody. But I really want to get somebody to fucking talk about it. Um, we'll see. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Please subscribe. You can find this on iTunes, at my website, aritheGreat.com, or, at, um, or on Stitcher. Um, that's it. Until next week, hasta la vista. Bye.